Hey everybody, welcome back to Point Blank. This is John Carcosa coming to us from the West Coast. Some would call it the best coast. Mo Youssef. And from the hills of Clarendon outside Chicago. Todd Sullivan. Checking in with a fresh, dope Ross Brewing cap. Gotta love it. Mike Zapsick. And holding it all together on the ones and twos, who do we have? Ming Chen, everybody. Hello. Awesome. Hey, listen, great to be back. Before we get into it and get into our program, Mo, I don't know how you do it. It's it's week in and week out. And um, in this case, it was a week ago on April Fool's Day. I thought you might have been making a funny, but you predicted, and you were right, that former Point Blank guest Bernie Sanders would be dropping out of the race, handing the Democratic nomination to Joe Biden. Uh, I didn't think that was going to be the case because, you know, with all this coronavirus, people aren't really voting. But you were adamant. I don't know if you had access to some inside um, uh, DNC servers from the Ukraine or whatever it was. But uh, but please tell us, Mo, how did you make this prediction? How did it make it come true? Well, for me, I said to myself, well, how long can a 78-year-old guy keep this up? You know? So it was just a matter of time. And Not as long as an 81-year-old? <laughs> And yeah, it was, uh, you know, when you started to see everybody turning on, on Bernie, uh, AOC did it, a whole bunch of his other people, John Lewis recently uh, caused some shit for it, and uh, the writing was on the wall, guys, you know? Yes, you're right. Uh, uh, U.S. Representative and, and Civil Rights Icon Representative John Lewis of Georgia, uh, he was the big, most recent endorsement for Joe Biden, and um, maybe that was the tipping point. But whatever it was, man, you nailed it, and uh, and your record is a perfect. Let me just check, one thousand and zero in your predictions. So keep it up, buddy. Incredible. Um, let's get into the breaking news. I don't know if you guys heard about this, but uh, uh, Jeff Passan reported that Major League Baseball is considering a radical plan to get the season started in May. And it would include an all doubleheader schedule um, so they can get in the, the almost full 162 games. Uh, all the games will be played in the West Coast, probably in the areas of the uh, Cactus League out there uh, in Arizona, New Mexico, um, thinking that the heat and, and the relative sparse populations would, of course, keep coronavirus at bay. There would be no fans at least in the lower decks. And rather than have the players sit in the dugouts, they would sit in the stands, you know, six to eight feet apart. There would be no mound visits allowed by the catchers or the managers. So that'll certainly help keep the games moving. And maybe that's something they can keep. And perhaps the most interesting aspect of MLB's plan, and one that would require sign-off by the umpire's union, is they would have an electric automated strike zone so that so that the umpires wouldn't have to be within six feet and then the catcher in turn would would be you know several feet back from the batter so there's a lot of radical proposals in here they would need the sign off of the players union, the, the umpires union uh what do you guys think wow i'm i mean i'm stunned it's a it's a radical proposal I, I, <laughs> many moving parts, a lot of approvals. I don't see it happening. Um, how do you keep a, a base runner from stealing? 
Um, uh. and do they wrap the ball in plastic? Do they wipe it off with a Lysol wipe after each pitch? Um, you know, which would then introduce foreign substances. I wow. I mean, I, I applaud the effort. I applaud the uh, the social distancing. But I mean, you're, you're changing every aspect of the game from that point. I I mean, I want to see baseball as much as anybody, but uh, I yeah, I don't see this happening. Um, this is almost as crazy as uh, whoever suggested they do the NBA playoffs on two separate cruise ships. Um, <laughs> floating around the ocean um, oh my gosh. and uh, whoever somebody else suggested uh, playing the NFL season on an island um, I don't see that happening either I I love it but um, the moment you know they could try it certainly the moment somebody gets a virus at a ball game it's over so yeah. it's worth that effort uh, it's yeah I, 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 I want these guys to play without worry I want to go to a game without worry and uh, you know if that means we have to wait so be it. Um, and it stinks, but that's how we're living right now. But I, I do love the, uh, I, I do love that. You know, I, I know this proposal came up probably at three in the morning, you know, a, a, an insomniac's uh, proposal. I, I, I love it, but I don't see it happening. I think it's time for Blurns ball. That's, that's what this is. They're going to turn baseball into Blurns ball from Futurama. So. Yeah. <laughs> better than baseball. The one aspect I really do hope that if they do come back and if they don't come back till June or July, I really like this all double header aspect. Uh, you know, double headers used to be a lot more common. Um, as, uh, as the expense grew, uh, of course they had to stop double headers. And even when they do do them now, they're separate ticket day night double headers. So you still can't get two games for the price of one. So, I think the MLB owners, either way, are going to have to take a huge loss this season, just like all other kinds of businesses across this country. And then what they should scramble to do then is understanding it's going to be a loss. What can we do to maintain fan interest? And so I think things like that. There's going to be a lot of giveaways. I predict, Mo, I'm sorry to horn in on your territory here, but I predict that major league teams, uh, when and if they do start playing, are going to do more of these minor league type promotions, like wacky Mm -hmm. things and giveaways, stuff like that. Well, you know, this goes back to the conversation we had last week where we said, okay, well, when we are ready to resume our lives again, uh, will you see uh, movie stadiums, uh, movie theaters uh, yeah. uh, filled up again? And, you know, almost to a person, we said no. You know, so you have to somehow make up the revenue that you're going to miss from at least every other person uh, sitting there. What I will say this, it's absolutely horrible to say, but this will all have been worth it if we get an electronic strike zone. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah. This all, will all be worth it, man. Yeah, all the deaths, all the, the illness, yes. all worth it because of that electronic strike zone. Out of the, the, a way to the, look on that bright side of life. The loss of GDP, 10 million people going uh, going to unemployment. Yes. yes. I'm having a Joe be. Biden moment. Did we mention that <laughs> we could bring back drive-in movie theaters? We, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those okay. those are booming right now. They're absolutely- yeah, I'm telling you, we should bring them back. I had an idea, John. I should have I should have called you up. Should've, you no, should have called George. George can work with uh, with some. Let's, let's, let's take well, it. Let's take it offline. Yeah. Todd, Beautiful. The, the only thing I was thinking, Todd, from your point of view, is at least you know if we don't get baseball, we don't get a full season of baseball. That's going to minimize how many games the Mets can lose, right? So you've got to be happy. So you're gonna say it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna minimize the amount of time we can watch them collapse at the end of the season. 
that'll all have to happen in in you know basically just a couple of days, a couple of double headers. No, I mean your your point about um, all double headers is pretty cool. I think it'd also be interesting to see um, what these changes, or at least some of them, the more realistic ones, might do to the speed of the game. You know, with an electronic strike zone and and no visits to the mound and all of that, and all double headers, you'd have to imagine that the games would get a little bit a little bit quicker in in pace, which I think uh, everyone would be all for. But yeah, there's no chance this is this is uh, this is going to happen. I think I think baseball is going to uh, going to be a write off. I think um, it's all it's all about whether football is. I think it's, that's what we're building towards. It's nice to see that they're going ahead with. Things like the NFL, uh, you know, scouting and the draft and, and all that. I think the draft is in what two weeks or so. I'm very curious to see how uh, everyone is going to boo Roger Goodell uh, if he's if he's <laughs> striping in. There's got to be some way that that we can um, that we can zoom bomb him or something like that. Someone will, someone will figure that out. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't see it happening for baseball. Let's go Mets. You, you know, it's funny. Before we move on, you mentioned the NFL. This kind of snuck in under the wire. You know, NFL games, NFL seasons were officially extended by one game, mm-hmm. and they're now going to be 17-game seasons, which is weird because that means no longer will teams have an equal number of home and away games. Alternating years, you'll have more home games or more away games. So they couldn't have went to 18 games? I just think that's a little bit weird. But um, but we'll get there. All right, here, here's the other bit of breaking news. Uh, bring it back to the world of uh, pop culture and, uh, and it, it's something we've mentioned before on this program, which is Dwayne The Rock Johnson's turn as a superhero or as a superpowered character, Black Adam, coming up. You know, details of the script have leaked. And um, obviously, if you're a Dwayne The Rock Johnson fan, you're going to see this movie anyway. I think Mo predicted it's going to make $2 billion. That's something. So we'll see if he's right about that. He said $2 billion. More than um, in cash, <laughs> more, more than Avengers Endgame. All, all drive-ins. So if you're a Dwayne the Rock Johnson fan, you're going to see this movie, right? If you uh, if you've got a casual interest in superheroes and you like like the Rock, maybe you'll see it. But there's some there's some cool stuff in here for comic book fans. And uh, Mike, I don't know if you noticed this or if you heard about this, but the script very. Uh, specifically mentions the JSA and scenes involving the JSA and some of the roster I found curious. Okay, sure. So you've got, um, you've got, you know, some, some classics such as uh, Hawkman and Dr. Fate. You also, you also have um, Adam Smasher, the former Nuclon, you know, nephew of, uh, of the Golden Age Adam. And you've got Cyclone, which is the granddaughter of the Golden Age Red Tornado. Yeah, and uh, uh, and then uh, her her grandmother, uh, Ma Hunkle, the original Red Tornado, apparently is going to be in it as well. So it seems like they're basing this lineup on um, the Jeff Johns version of the JSA. Yeah, um, and of course that that is what started, you know, the rehabilitation of Black Adam uh, in his current incarnation as an antihero. So. Uh, Mike, I, I want to start with you. I don't know if you had heard about any of this stuff or your take on it. I have, and I think it's I think it's great. And I think that Jeff Johns brought the uh, the JSA back to prominence. It was you know the elder statesman heroes were teaching the younger um, the the younger heroes the the next legacy uh, heroes. Mm-hmm. As you said, you know the granddaughter of Red Tornado just happens to have 
wind powers. Wow. Only the, that physics only works in the DC universe or the Marvel right. universe when you think about it. Um, Adam Smasher is a very logical casting choice because they started out as enemies. Yep. Uh, you know, Black Adam and uh, Al Rostein were they they butted heads. Yep. And uh, then they became friends. And Black Adam looked on him like he was his little brother. You know, at one point. So. I mean, it's a deep cut, and yep. it took a long time, and you've only got two hours to shoehorn that in. So, you know. Which is why I was surprised they were they were going to this level of detail. You know, you mentioned, um, you know, they started off not the best of friends for sure. We already know that uh, Zachary Levi's Shazam, Captain Marvel, will not be appearing in this movie, at least not before the credits roll. So if you're just looking at it from, like, a, a, a standpoint of who – physicality and strength who can go toe-to-toe with the rock you know certainly adam smasher fills that role you've got to start thinking who can they cast in that role you know you think of these big guys they've already got batista over in the mcu right so you know who who can fulfill a role like this that's a great question um i don't know i'm wow uh i haven't had my eye on the the casting for this so cgi probably I hope not, man. That's that's what takes a lot of people out of the superhero movies is in some cases, especially in the DC side, some pretty dodgy yeah, uh, CGI. It, just taking somebody's mustache out takes you out of the DC movies, for God's sakes. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's a great question, John. If you have any any thoughts, I'd love to hear them. Mo, who, who are we thinking of? What, what, what actor or or wrestler or rapper that wants to be an actor? Can uh can uh come in, you know, they'd have to come in at like six eight, you know, yeah. Ma- yeah. massive, just muscles on muscles. Somebody that can that can be physically bigger than the rock and imposing. Right. It's it's uh it's a mortal mistake. It's it's just a it's just the worst mistake you could could make because they've tried that with Zeus, they've tried that with a with a number of wrestlers. I mean Again, you're just you're just sticking somebody in there who's huge and who can't act. It's uh, it won't work out well. I think they'll have to go CGI. They'll have somebody who's, you know, 13 feet or or so forth. Or, you know. uh, all right, I mean that's a little bit bigger than we needed. Todd, do you think this is the movie debut of Gronk now that he's officially retired from football? That's a good call. It could be. I was gonna say like Mo saying like putting, uh, what was his name? Tiny Tiny Lister. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, putting big guys in in a movie just because they're big is no good. I, I say maybe you go the other way, put it do it like Tom Cruise or something like that, and then just shoot it, you know, angles and and uh, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Put them on Justin a little. Hopkins not short enough for you. <laughs> Jay Fox going. Ming Chen is five foot four, ladies and gentlemen. Well, guys, right. I, I'm breaking looking at news, breaking news. Ming Chen cast as Adam Smash. There you go. <laughs> Probably not going to happen. Don't take, don't, uh, don't bet on that, anybody. Too bad Dolph Lundgren is too long in the tooth. He would have been perfect back in the eighties. Oh he yeah, a perfect, especially if if they'd gone with the. Uh, he started out as Nuclon, then became yeah, Adam exactly. Yep, with the Mohawk, that, that would be great. Just so, funny when uh, when I did, I guess this would have been more than twenty years ago. But whenever Kingdom Come came out, uh, which was ninety six, I believe that summer. Right. And um, and I did my own fan casting. I just thought this would have made an epic, epic movie. 
you know, decades before there are DC movies, you know, in the current format. But actually, I had Dolph Lundgren in as my fan casting for Captain Marvel, the adult Billy Batson. I thought, you know, he had the frame to do it. We saw him with dyed black hair in The Punisher. And uh, I always thought he's been a better actor than he's gotten credit for. But in any event, let's move on to some of the craft beers we're drinking this week. Todd, why don't you start us off, share what you're drinking and what your thoughts on it are. So I've got one that was a, a gift from a friend of the program and next door neighbor, Mark Schlegel. This was uh, something from one of his trips out to Colorado. I think I may have featured this brewery in the past. It's Avery Brewing, Boulder, oh, Avery, Colorado. Sure, yeah, great. And uh, this is the Reverend. It is a Belgian-style quadruple, 10% ABV. Um, got the guy right there on the uh, on the can art. The Reverend from Avery Brewery, and this is, uh, it's its absolutely delicious. Dark, decadent, and divine, they've got it. Specially uh, brewed with malted barley, dark Belgian candy sugar, hops, and Belgian yeast. Um, yeah, so I've never had this one before, but it's its uh, fantastic. And I love their, I love the Avery uh, tagline there on the can, beer first, the rest will follow. You know, now, Mo, I don't know if that's ringing a bell for you. Mo used to be the compiler of all our beer lists. Both of the Wild Goose and its predecessor, Maloney's Pub, we actually carried the Reverend. Avery had an entire oh, series. Really? We had the Reverend. We had the Maharaja, which was their India Pale Ale. Um, they had a. Uh, I don't want to say the Rabbi, but I can see his picture, so it looked like a Rabbi. But you know, they had a whole series here. So uh, it's been a long time since I've had that beer. Ming, you drinking anything tonight? Uh, I am. This is uh, Cane Brewing Company. Uh, so, so our local uh, favorite Cane Brewing Company. This is their Enigma. It's an American IPA. Uh, it's been described as a uh, hoppy, uh, dank, and earthy. Oh, it's, dank. It's dank. described as dank. On, uh, on Beer Advocate. I don't know about dank. I know. Shout <laughs> out Greg Rosen. Yeah. Oh, the dank. Oh, the dank, Mo. That's yeah, dank is, uh, you, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a little cloudy. Yeah. Uh, you know, nice, uh, you know, nice deep color. Or, you know, not, not dark color, but a, a deep and um, 8% ABV. But it, it it's drinking like it's more than that. It's hitting me pretty hard right now. So like, so uh, yeah. I got a shout out to Kate. Well, let me ask: Is that the first one you've had today, or? Uh, it is. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm a lightweight, but um, I think Kane. I think you can still do pickups over there, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, check their hours, but uh, and if you know some people, you can get drop offs too from them. So. Uh, oh. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll talk offline too. Yes. So uh, so my my first beer tonight, and Todd, you'll appreciate this this in the mail the other day okay this is from tired hands brewing tired hands brewing it's uh they're down in philadelphia specifically a suburb called ardmore pa it's one of the towns on the main line outside of philly and uh this is their strawberry triple milkshake ipa that's Ooh. odd why would you appreciate that because that beer mail came from none other than our good friend and former high school classmate seth ruderman Excellent. Seth Ruderman was over at the brewery. He picked me up a whole bunch of beer, sent them over. I promise I, I have have it on the air tonight. So uh, for those who don't know, you know, what's a milkshake IPA? I know Gary's here tuned in. What's up, Chris? How you doing? But Gary's uh, tuned in. He said he's having Treehouse's Human Condition, another phenomenal beer. But if you don't know what makes a milkshake IPA is you're going to use copious amounts of lactose or milk sugar. It thickens the beer. So, uh, you know, getting into some, some reviewing uh, terminology, the mouthfeel is obviously 
a lot thicker or or chewier than it would be maybe with a with a beer without that. Um, and then also the sweetness is going to come through, which offsets a lot of the bitterness in the hops. And in this case, they further accent that by um, by adding the strawberries as well. Now this says a strawberry triple IPA, triple usually indicative of uh, of high alcohol. So um, unfortunately, I'm not able to give you that number right now. I guess I must have had too much of this already, and I can't read the can to give you the. <laughs> According to beer advocates, it's seven percent. Seven percent. Okay, so it doesn't seem like triple, maybe just triple the amount of milkshake. I can't tell you; it's incredibly tasty. This is the first tired hands beer I've had. There's been a lot of hype coming off this brewery. So far, I can say it's very warm. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. According to Untapped, it's ten point one. So that makes more sense. There we go. Ten point one. Ten point one percent. Okay, we're getting this thing kicked off with a bang. Uh, would I be would I be wrong to assume that uh, both Mo and Mike are not having any beers that they'd like to share at this point? I'm just having a a, a Wawa half and half iced tea, half half iced tea, half lemonade. Wow! I'm having sparklets water. <laughs> that I love it. Is that what you, is part of your delivery service? Mm-hmm. By the way, twenty five more gallons to go. Friend of the program, Nick Franco, drinking one of my all-time favorite beers, the Francis Connor Weiss beer. Uh, so let's move on to a segment that's going to be new this week. And, and uh, it's conceived of as a one-off because this has been making the rounds on social media. But if we like this segment, I mean, there's no reason we couldn't do it again. I mean, we're in charge here. But uh, basically, uh, you saw the meme going around the last week or two, which was, Here's the celebrities I met. Guess which one of these I haven't really met. So uh, so we're going to do that. It's guess who I didn't meet. So, um, you know, there's, there's, there's an element here specifically of unfairness, which means Ming and Mike, they might have somewhat of a good <laughs> idea of who each other have met. Uh, Mo and myself, Todd and Mo. Mo and Mo, Mo and myself, Todd and myself, Mo, any permutation there, uh, we could have some idea. But the truth is, we do do things separately from time to time. I have so, a challenge there, as well a challenge for our friends, fans, viewers, and listeners to try to play along at home. So, who wants to kick us off here? Who wants to be the first one to go? Well, I can start us off. Go ahead, Mo. All right, I've got here is my. Uh, my 10, of which I've met nine. Number one, Andre the Giant. Number two, continuing with the wrestling theme, Cold Stone Steve Austin. <laughs> Number three, comedian Patton Oswalt. Number four, comedian Jim Gaffigan. Number five, former Notre Damer, uh, Rudy Rudiger. Number six, New York Giant Hall of Famer, Michael Strahan. Number seven, Hall of Fame basketball player, Charles Barkley. Number eight, current president, Donald Trump. Number nine, famous singer-songwriter, Johnny Cash. And number 10, uh, Oscar-winning actor, Bobby De Niro. Okay. There's a couple I know right off the bat that you've definitely met. Um, well, look at Ming giving the live the live scroll. I love that, that. Ming. Look at that. That's amazing. Look, on guys, it. you look at the ticker at the bottom. So you see, 
the 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 abbreviatedly named Andre Giant. We've got Stone Cold, Ryan <laughs> Oswald, to be Gallagher, Rudy Rudiger, Michael Strahan, Charles Barkley, Donald Trump, Johnny Cash, and Bobby De Niro. So uh, I'm going to start just by saying I know you met Bob De Niro. He used to stay at your hotel when you worked uh, up uptown. I believe that was at the Plaza Atene. So uh, I'm going to I'm going to chop him off the list and then pass it on to somebody else. My um my gut went off like as as soon as you started your list with Andre the Giant, just because the guy is is so much of a superhero or like uh, not a real person uh, that existed in our world in our world uh, that I I can't imagine that anyone actually met him. But um, I, I'm guessing I'm I've narrowed it down between Andre the Giant and Jim Gaffigan, uh, two two giants in their own in their own world, and I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with my gut. I'm gonna go with Andre. Mo, I'm going to jump in here, and I can see you meeting a lot of these people. The one that I don't think you've met, and uh, I think John and Todd would know better, but the one that that's my spider sense is tingling on is Johnny Cash. Ooh. Okay. Ming, what do you think? Oh, man. Uh, this, is, this is a very good list, Mo. Uh, very diverse. Uh, you got sports. You got actors. Uh, you have very some very high profile people here. And uh, man, I'm just trying to. I I know you get you. Uh, you know you attend a lot of events. You're man about town. <laughs> and oh, this and there's somewhere that I mean it's hitting me in the gut. But I'm I am going to go with. Uh, I, I'm gonna guess Robert De Niro. Just. Very high profile. You've probably met him, but you don't go with Robert De Niro. All right, hold on a second, Ming, 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 Ming. Yes, I'm gonna help. I'm gonna help you out. Okay. I, I, I think right off the bat, I eliminated De Niro as a possibility. Oh, you did. Okay. I my list here. Um, and you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you two more hints. Okay. Because there's two people on this list that I remember meeting with Mo. Right. Okay. Mo, I believe we were together when we met Stone Cold Steve Austin. We were. And I believe we were together, and Todd might have been there too, if I'm thinking of the right event, where we met Michael Strahan. I think it was a, a gallery opening, and Kenneth Cole was there too. So I'm going to chop those two off the list. So now, Ming, you've got seven to pick from. Ming's going to go with Michael Strahan. I'm going to go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still pick Robert De Niro. I you know what I might go with Rudy. I know um you go to a fantasy yeah, camp and uh, it's obvious that you probably should have met him by now. I'm gonna say you have not though. I'll go with Rudy Rudiger. Oof. All right, and for my guess, um, without saying anything else uh, towards anyone else that's going to be speaking later, my guess is going to be Donald Trump. Now, by the way. Uh, the point blank fans, viewers, listeners, friends. Well, that's exactly what I was looking at right now. They're, they're lighting it up. There's Johnny Cash is the runaway, runaway selection there. Um, Stu Greenberg just tuned in. He doesn't know what we're doing. He didn't give a vote yet. But um, oh, he's but, there. But there's there's a few there. So go go ahead, Mo. Why don't you reveal to us? All right. So I'll just knock it down from who I've met down to the guy who I haven't. Okay. I met I met Andre the Giant at Pretty a WrestleMania. Much be nine of them. Oh, sorry. Right. Go ahead. <laughs> met Andre at a WrestleMania event. Wow. Uh, 
John, you mentioned we met Stone Cold. It was actually at an airport. And mm-hmm. as we were taking a picture, he went, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> That's right. uh, met, met Patton right here, actually, in California after a stand-up uh, event. Uh, actually, you're correct. Robert De Niro uh, stayed at the hotel where I used to work. Yeah. And I actually witnessed him uh, swinging at a pap- paparazzi. Nice. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Cash, who I met at the same hotel. Wow. Yep. Yep. Uh, I was at a movie premiere where I met, uh, I forget her name. She's uh, uh, a supermodel, blonde supermodel. And uh, she came walking in with Donald Trump. So I I met Trump uh, at that movie premiere. Uh, We met Michael Strahan together. Uh, Charles Barkley. I used to work at another hotel where most of the teams that played the Knicks stayed mm-hmm. at that hotel. Uh, I met Rudy at a, at a function. He's got a, a, hand, uh, a handshake like a vice grip. So, uh, you know, it's cool meeting him. Jim Gaffigan, I've had two times where I had a meet and greet set up with him, and both times I couldn't attend. So he's the guy... You were that close. Todd, and you win the hot pocket. You win Todd a hot pocket. Todd and Jim Gaffigan, both Georgetown alums. I've met him. I met him at South by Southwest. But Mo, that's crazy. You had two times you could have met him, but you didn't. That's awesome. Yep. Great job. You got you 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 fooled everybody, man. Great job. Well done. All right, Mike, why don't you go ahead and take us through your list, buddy? Why don't you have somebody jump? Actually, give me. Because I need okay. two seconds more. No problem. No pro- Actually, since Ming looks like – all right, good. You're okay, Ming? You, you can go next then, buddy. I am. I, had a, I think I had an insect flying around here. So <laughs> a, a better insect than a virus. Um, all right. Uh, I'm going to start out with a guy I think we just mentioned, uh, Dave Bautista, uh, oh. wrestler, actor, big man, imposing figure. Uh, also within the Guardians of the Galaxy vein, uh, Chris Pratt. From uh, Chris Pratt, Parks and Rec, and uh, Guardians, as many, well as many other things. Uh, songstress, Alanis Morissette. Uh, then we go to uh, uh, Luke Skywalker himself, Mark Hamill. Uh, sportscaster, Chris Berman. Back, 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 back. Uh, Keanu Reeves. Um, from Game of Thrones, Sophie Turner. Uh, inspiration uh, times 8 million, Gary, Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, then uh, funny man Will Ferrell, and I round out my tenth list, my number ten with Quentin Tarantino. Everybody, so wow. um, I don't know if you had to write all those down. And uh, wow, it was that was kind of fun compiling this. I was like, wow, I met so many people. Well, we were counting on you to write it down for us, Ming. I mean, you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the I maestro could, of the keyboard over here. I but, um, I could do that. I um, give me two seconds, and I'll throw it up on the that's an, that's an impressive list. Um, just initial impressions. You know, Chris Pratt, have I perhaps seen a picture of you with him in the A Shared Universe podcast studio? Maybe, maybe uh, I don't know if I'm, I'm misremembering that. So um, certainly, uh, you know, there's a lot of Chris's. There's there's you know, Chris, Ever- Chris Evans, um, Chris Pine. Uh, but I thought I might have seen one um, with um, – there's the list, everybody. It's a little. Oh no, I'm thinking. Oh yeah, I'm thinking of Chris Hemsworth. I saw a picture of you with. So yeah. Yeah. So now I don't know. Now I'm back. Now I don't even know. Wow. You flipped um, it. You flipped it on yourself. I did. I'm gonna say. I could see you meaning almost all of these, um, one form or another. 
Gary V, I, I believe you met perhaps at the opening for Coral Sword in Houston. Uh, my guess is going to be Alanis Morissette. Good guess. Good guess. Mm, not that good. Mike's already videoing me. Go ahead, Mike. Well, pretty easy for Mike. Ming was in Dogma. So oh, shit. Okay. So he met, he met God. Okay. Uh, I was with him when he met Batista, so I know that's out. Um, Chris Berman, you're too big a baseball fan to never have run into him. Tarantino, you worked out in California for a year or two. So plus uh you were you were at Project Greenlight. So I, I get a feeling that he was there. Uh, Will Farrell, you had to have, yeah, yeah, you had to have because Jay and Silent Bob strike back. Okay, so I'm thinking you've never met Mark Hamill. Okay, wow. So wow. this game, this game is near impossible with the two of you due to your uh, your past, your heavy con circuit, uh, and the movies you've been in, and all of that. I mean, there's, it, I'm sure you could have gone on for a hundred names easily. It, it is uh, if you follow social media, you know, I post pretty much every photo of people I've been. So that kind of sure. narrows down. And then with I the, spend the past two days uh, going through your archives, um, and I, I <laughs> thinking heavily in preparation for this game. But um, the two that's that that just popped out as you were reading the list were were Keanu Reeves and Will ha Will Farrell. I'm going to go with Keanu. Mo, you're up. Yeah, I, I'm basically saying to myself, who has never attended a Comic-Con? And uh, with Berman, I'm sure you've met him with, uh, with uh, what's his name, in uh, Houston. Sure. That guy. No, no, no. Your baseball, your uh, baseball friend. Yes, yeah, Hunter. 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 Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to say Sophie, but that's so, so wrong. Um, damn it. Uh, we'll go Gary V. Okay, Mo, you just pulled a Ming. I uh, previously, I believe, uh, but then again, <laughs> Ming that's, that's all right. That's right. So if you don't need to eliminate Gary V, I, I, but go ahead, go, do whatever. Right. You do we'll, we'll, uh, no, we'll 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 jump to Shark. And I'm we'll picking go. Hunter Pence. You never met Hunter Pence. <laughs> we'll go. We'll go. Alanis Morissette. Oh my god! Oh, again. All right. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> two for two on that one, Mo. All right, Sophie. Sophie. There you go. That was your initial gut feeling, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, All right. Okay. Um, we'll start with you, Mike Zapsik. Um, there's a picture of me and Mark Hamill in the studio. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> in there. I'm now? I, mean, I, don't, I don't look at pictures with you. Yeah, I, I, but yeah. There's, there's literally that 8 by 10 of me and Mark Hamill. So I have Mark, met Mark Hamill uh, um, near Comic-Con 2018. Okay. So that said. John, what was your guess? I'm embarrassed. I said Alanis. I forgot about Dogma. Oh yeah, I didn't. I did not meet her on the set of Dogma. I met her at the uh, premiere after party. Okay. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, Todd, your guess was Keanu Reeves. Mm -hmm. Um, very unlikely, but uh, he was at New York Comic Con, uh, 2018 as well. He did one panel, and I happened to be leaving as he was waiting for his car, and. Uh, Shocked the hell out of me. I came up a staircase and there he was. I was like, oh shit. I and he's I, a huge comic book man fan. Uh well, he didn't indicate that, but let's just say yes. And, I'm sure uh, he was. and so I was kind of like, Can I can I shake your hand? Uh and and uh nice, very nice guy. Very nice guy. And uh Mo, who did you guess? Uh, Gary V. 
Sophie. Sophie Turner uh, also met New York Comic Con. Um, I um, I someone somebody knew that we had intimate knowledge of the Javits Center, having been there so many times uh, for New York Comic Con, and uh, they asked me if I would escort her up to the press room. Whoa! And, uh, wow! I met her. So the one celebrity Are I've not familiar? met out of this list uh, would be Chris Pratt, ladies Chris, and gentlemen. Chris Pratt. Wow. Yeah. Johnny, you there. Yeah, has not done a lot of conventions, and um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not very accessible these days, not, to my knowledge. I have not bumped into him anywhere, but um, I think Bautista and pretty much uh, met at cons for sure. Uh, Gary V. Mo, you were right. I met him with, uh, or actually, you were both. I met him with Hunter Pence at uh, at Coral Sword, and uh, Will Ferrell and Tarantino were also at the James Bond Bob premiere, uh, Strike Back, way back in 2001. So, um, yeah. Good guesses, though, guys. Good guess. Uh, listen, you, you subbed everybody, and that's the, the goal. They gave you did a great job. Little side game right here. I've met three and a half people on your list, mate. Three and a half people. I do tell them. And uh, I'll list back up again. Who, who, quick, 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 uh, quick guess. Would one one of you guys make a quick guess here? Uh, Chris Berman. Dave Batista. Um. Mark Hamill. And okay. met, I know you've got to admit, you must have met Vanderchuk. So, 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 yeah, I met Gary V a few times. We actually um, we actually work in the same building, and uh, and uh, we hang out at the same bar next to L'Oreal over there. And um, and he's actually had me in his office for a couple of one-on-one sessions, which have been just quite uh, – I've met Quentin Tarantino out in New York City. I um, – uh, at a bagel store in Staten Island, New York, um, I believe for a funeral, and uh, and I'm putting the half because while we didn't meet, we have a very special connection. That's Alanis Morissette. Uh, there was a time in the summer of 1996, I believe, that I saw her in concert three nights in a row at three different locations, and for the third of the three which was at the Meadowlands, I was actually able to get front row seats and two, I'm sorry, already wrong, three different times during the night. She locked eyes and stung directly at me. <laughs> and you grabbed her George Setti at a Lady Gaga concert. Exactly. exactly what I would say. She was looking so at I'm me. I'm counting out of the half. So that's three and a half. But let's move on. Ming, Ming by the way, re really good redirect. When uh, you mentioned Batista and then Pratt, I figured you met them both at the same time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. I, I, <laughs> Mike, you, you ready with your list, my friend? Let's rock and roll. All right. So, number one. Drew Carey. Number two, George Carlin. Number three, Sean Astin. Mm. Number four, Bill Shatner. Or as I like to call him, the Shat. Number five, Leonard Nimoy. Okay. Number six, Pete Rose. Number seven, Carrie Fisher. Number eight, Haley Atwell. Oof. Number nine, Harrison Ford. And number 10, Sarah Michelle Gillar. Whoo! That's a list, man. That is a list. You know, you've got you've got Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher. 
Yep. You've got William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy. Yep. Seeing what Ming did, the, the misdirect, as Mo called it, having Bautista and Pratt, that means possibly that you did not meet both of those pairs. Excuse yeah, me. Um, Hallie Atwell, I can only hope you met, and next time you meet her, I can only hope I'm there with you. Um, I told her that I was a big fan of hers from Pillars of the Earth. Nobody – and she, she looked at me like, holy crap, you're an even bigger nerd than I thought. No, there's a few scenes in Pillars of the Earth that are worth rewinding or pausing. Oh, hell yeah. Um, what I would say is I can definitely see you hanging with Bill Shatner. No problem at all. Um, so I'm going to go with my instinct and say you maybe you didn't meet both sides of that uh, duology – and my guess is going to be Leonard Nimoy, especially since you are the, in many ways, the modern day reincarnation of George Carlin. So, so you have to have met for him to have passed on his torch to you. So I'm going to go with Leonard Nimoy. Right. Leonard Nimoy, interesting choice. Let's go to Ming. Ming Chen. I shoot. I was going to go last. I know I can eliminate half this list because we've been together. Yeah, pretty much. That's um, that's what a bitch is about it. But and I try to keep. Um, a lot of those separate, but there are about four or five on here that you weren't with me when I met them. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, George Carlin, uh, was the one I thought maybe you put on there to throw me off, but he was in Jersey girl. He, they did shoot in New Jersey and Highlands. And, um, I, you know, while he didn't come to the store, I don't think, uh, I think a lot of us, uh, made it down to the set at one point or the other. Uh, yeah. Leonard Nimoy. I've never heard of any Leonard Nimoy stories about you meeting him, but that doesn't mean you didn't meet him. So that one's uh that one's up there as well, and the uh, last one, Sarah Michelle Geller, which I know you love Buffy, and uh, I I know you love your leading ladies as well. That I've never heard anything either. I personally am going to go with Sarah Michelle Geller, uh, Mrs. the uh, the other half of Freddie Prince Jr. Freddie Prince, yeah, Prince Jr. Okay, yeah. Um, okay, yeah, she um. Yeah, uh, not only uh, you know she doesn't do a lot of conventions, but the few that she does, I believe she has a no contact policy, and uh, Mike Zapsic has Ooh. a full contact policy. And, uh, full contact, yes. Full contact policy, which uh, you know can't you know doesn't fly right now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's uh, option, but that's okay. But if you look at photo ops with her, uh, yeah, there's literally people are standing like three feet from her. So that's just very uh, true. Once but, time. So I, I'm going to guess Stella Michelle Geller. Okay. So she was doing the social distancing before it was cool. Yes, she was. Yes, she was. Okay. All right. It was mandated. All right. Todd, your guess. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I had to run upstairs to say goodnight to my kids uh, really quickly. So I missed any that you guys may have called out as not being true. I was going to go with uh, Sarah Michelle Geller, but. Um, Ming, you're forgetting that when you know back when he used to tip a few back, Mike was was drinking buddies with Freddie Prince Senior. So I think that they yeah, and when he killed himself. So well, I, I was, was there, young. So you never know. You never know. Um, the the just looking at the list there, the two that popped on me. I'm going to go with either Pete Rose or Harrison Ford. I'm going to say Pete Rose. Ooh, Pete Rose, interesting. And Mr. Mo. So I, I never knew you to be uh you know out of Cincinnati, but Pete would be accessible from Philadelphia where he did play as well. 
Um, Very good. Where, you know, where Mike is like, also not from. <laughs> true. No, but it's much more accessible than than, uh, than Ohio. Um, and and along along with what what Todd was saying, you know, I was looking at Harrison Ford, but I said, "Come on, with as many uh, Star Trek uh, appearances, Harrison Ford uh, had to be there." I, I did that for you guys. Okay. Know, Star Wars. <laughs> um, but it just seems weird that Pete Rose is the only uh, athlete on there. Uh, John almost talked me out of George Carlin because that's the first one who I thought of. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm going to go with George Carlin. I know you're shaking your head, but I'll say George. Okay. All right. So we've all voted, Mike. Gotcha. Ming, I want to start with you, buddy. Okay. Sarah Michelle Gillar was uh, on a Rebels. Um, she, she was on a Rebels panel at okay. New York Comic Con. Uh, okay. So you got, got to say hello to her. Got to introduce her. Okay. So that good guess, though. Well done. Well done. Um, Mo, I like your, your idea. The Pete Rose... You know, that, that whole thing. Actually, you said George Carlin, didn't you? Yeah. George Carlin, I saw four times at the Count Basie, but I didn't meet him until I went to the Jersey Girl premiere, and he sat right yeah. in front of me. All right. Uh, Todd, you said uh, Harrison Ford? No, he was my second, my oh, number two. I had said Pete Rose. Pete, you said Pete Rose. So you before you said Harrison. No, he narrowed it down oh, to two, oh, and then ultimately okay. he picked. So you yeah. both said Pete Rose. I, I, I said Pete I, Rose. I remember. <laughs> he said Pete Rose. He right, said so, Pete Rose. Yeah. And Mo, you said. I George said Carlin. Carlin. Yeah. Carlin, that's right. Pete Rose. Uh, my God, this is so. Uh, and I'm not even drinking. Holy crap! <laughs> God. Um. Pete Rose was um, – my brother used to be a sports writer for the Daily Register. That's going back. You guys, it, it folded back in the, the mid to late 90s. But he was uh, – he, he, he took me to a bunch of uh, Yankee games. So um, I actually got to meet Pete Rose there. And then we went to um, a con in – Louisville. Louisville. And we met Pete Rose there as well. So I met him twice, which is wow. cool. And John, damn you, you're right. It's Leonard. <laughs> uh, so damn it. That's the first one that any of us have gotten right for anybody. Wow. Wow. Well, that means it's a good game. This is a good game so far, Mike. Uh, and it's not that you couldn't have met Nemo. I definitely could see you meeting him. It's just that. I definitely knew you met Chatter. It had to have happened. So oh, yeah, I did. couldn't see both. Um, all right, Todd, you're up, buddy. All right, let's do this. In in prep for this, I, I started jotting down a list. I came up with with 30, and I've been, uh, over the course of the past 20 minutes, playing around with who to call. No honorable mentions in this list. No honorable <laughs> mentions. Yeah, sorry. Well, you know what? All save right. some. Save some. For if we do this again, I got, I got it. I got, I got the list. I can do themes if you want. But the theme I was going to go with was I was going to pick nine that John and I met together, um, and then throw in the tenth. But that would that would take you out of the game. I do have a couple in here for you, Johnny. So you'll okay. have you'll have an advantage. Uh, but here we go. I'll just rattle them off. I've got Shaquille O'Neal, TV Dad Alan Thicke, Donald Trump, Michael Jordan, 
MC Hammer, Keith Hernandez, Neil Patrick Harris, Beck, Dustin Hoffman, and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Okay, I'll, I'll go, but I'm not going to make it easy for the guys. Do that again. Go ahead. No, I'm, I'm asking. Oh, well, there he is. Look at that. Boom. Um, Sorry, a couple typos in there, but hey. So there's there's three right off the bat that we did together. So I'm not going to uh, mention who those are and make it easier for the other people. I see we have skateboarder Keith Hernandez threes. And, um, <laughs> and so, so my guess, uh, because the ones I didn't meet, I can also see exactly where you met the other ones. And uh, three locations come to mind for those other ones that I we I hadn't met. So I'm gonna say the one that I think I can't recall hearing about you even meeting is should I go last and not? I think it's safe. I, I think it's safe. Okay, go ahead. You guys go. A lot of buildup. I, I, I know. I, I didn't want to give it away. Oh, crap! I was gonna piggyback off you. All right, I'll, I'll say I, I can't remember you meaning Neil Patrick Harris, but I could be wrong, obviously. I'm going to say Philip Seymour Hoffman just because. I've got no rationale behind that, but I can see you meeting everybody but Philip Seymour Hoffman for some reason. I, uh, this is a very impressive list, Todd. Uh, athletes, actors, uh, sitting presidents. Um, rap stars. I, uh, I mean, the only thing, the only one that stands out here is uh, Alan Thick from uh, TV Gro Growing Pains. Alan Thick, um, no longer with us, but are you and, kidding? Uh, He's a musician. Uh, yes, he did the Growing Pains theme. Is that correct? He sang no, it. He did the different strokes theme. Oh, okay, even better, even better. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's the only one that sticks out to me. I'm gonna guess Alan Thick for uh, just because it's it sticks out kind of like a sore thumb to me. Well, there's a, a picture. There's a picture online with you and John uh, standing with uh, Trump and Melania. So definitely not Trump. Uh, we we, <laughs> we met O'Neill and Thick uh, the same night. Yeah. Uh, I think that mm, I want to say either Jordan or Mick Hammer. <laughs> 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 um, but it was just. I think I, I like to hear the story about MC Hammer, so I'm gonna say McHammer. All right, you're up, Toddy. Uh, you never. I, I'm gonna go on the record saying you met Jordan and Hammer probably at the same time. But go ahead. You did you say yours, John? I did. I went with Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, that's right. Sorry, I missed that one. All right. Um, so yeah, you were right about the first two, Shaquille O'Neal and Alan Thicke. That was the same night. That was when the three of us, John, Moe, and myself, and a few others crashed a Playboy party in Las Vegas, uh, posing as a, as, a, as a group of hosts of a uh, late-night uh, public access adult-themed cable TV show called Known as? Access After Dark. Correct. Uh, we had, we had, we've, we've told this story, I think, before. Uh, we, we had T-shirts made. John was our, was our host. I borrowed a like $20,000 camera from uh, my old agency that I used to work at. And uh, we were just walking the grounds as if we owned the place. And so met a, met a handful of celebrities, including two of them interviewed Alan Thick. John did. 
Uh, and then you're right, Donald Trump. Um, Donald Trump, I, I met at an event with John, with Melania and Ivana and her husband. Um, that ended Count up Raffaello. ended up putting John in the uh, in the in the New York Daily News the next day when he photobombed a picture of all of them together. John in the background. Um, so that's my. Uh, that's our current president. Um, you were right about Michael Jordan and MC Hammer. Those were both in the same, uh, at the same event. I, uh, my dad worked for American Airlines back when they were the official airline of the NBA. And I was fortunate enough to go to two uh, NBA all-star games with like full access to everything. And so I was standing in a tunnel when all the players came off the court and uh, met, met Jordan and, and pretty much every other major star. I could have done all of this from just foot basketball players, but um, that was, that was a lot of fun. And MC hammer was, uh, at the event at some point in the crowd. Um, and I, and I got to meet him and get his autograph. Um, John, I'm surprised you, you, you don't recall this, but I've got a bunch of cans of, uh, of bubbly on the shelf behind me, PepsiCo's, oh, uh, Croy competitor. And, shit. uh, when yeah. we launched that, uh, I worked on that, yeah. that launch and Neil Patrick Harris was our, uh, yes, was he was our of the, uh, the launch that was with RGA, right? So we did that was at RGA. Yep. Yeah. Um, he's a fantastic dude. Really funny. Um, Beck, I met uh, at a restaurant in Chicago. He, we were sitting outside, my wife and I, and he and a couple people, he was playing a show in Chicago that weekend, came and sat down at the table right next to us. And um, I saw some woman nearby saying like, is that, is that? And I said, yeah, it is. And I took her picture with him and then said hi. Like he was, he was totally cool. Um, Philip, Philip Seymour Hoffman, I did meet uh, at a... Yeah. At a wow. uh, coffee shop in Greenwich Village, New York. He was just hanging at the end of the bar, having a drink uh, at the end of the, the diner there. And uh, this was obviously before he died. And I uh, got to chat with him for a <laughs> super nice guy. The weirdest on this one is Dustin Hoffman. I met when I was about seven years old. I was with my dad in New York. That's what I knew. And uh, I did not know who he was. He was sitting in the back of another diner or coffee shop, whatever. And my dad came back to me and says, we have to go meet this guy. He's an incredible actor. And we went back. And he, at the time, I was just looking on IMDb to try to figure this out. He had a shaved head. I think it may have been for Tootsie, maybe with the wigs and whatnot. Was it Marathon Man? When was that? Yeah, maybe. But that was, I think I was too young, probably. Marathon Man was 76. So I would have been one years old. Uh, probably, probably not. not. <laughs> okay. Maybe when it was coming out on DVD. But uh, either way, he, my dad asked my dad asked him for introduced me to him for some reason and asked him for an autograph. And Dustin Hoffman said, "I will only give you an autograph if your son rubs my head." And this is one of the oldest memories of I, I, I have. I rubbed Dustin Hoffman's head so that my dad can get his autograph. And I walked out. I was like, "Who was that guy?" And there you go. Um, so the one me too now. What's that? You you can actually do the me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. So it sounds like Keith Hernandez. So the one I have not yet met is uh, famous Seinfeld star wow. Keith Hernandez. Three Des. I have never. Uh, I've I, never never I thought at some Mets uh, junket you would have met him. Okay. Wow, just for men, Keith Hernandez. There you go, just for men. All right. Well, listen, you guys actually screwed me over because you've decimated my list. So. Um, I've got, to I've got to improvise here because there's a, there's a lot of the same names and we've oh. already talked about how we could have potentially met them. So from the list that I that that, that I have here, I don't know if that comes through on the on the. Oh, I love number one. I had I had him as an optional. 
I also but, had um, I also had Larry right. Hama on my list. So I've got to eliminate Shaquille O'Neal, Donald Trump, Alan Thick. All right, I think we can do this. I think we're going to cobble together a list. So my number one, I'm going to say, you said Keith Hernandez. I raise you Lenny Dykstra. Love it. Okay. Number two, I'm going to say star of Wayne's World, Tia Carrera. I'm going to say star of Goodfellas, but perhaps more famous as Mira's father, Paul Servino. I'm going to say also in um, Goodfellas, but again, more famously known for The Sopranos, Michael Imperioli. Uh, we actually, I believe, quoted him in our point-blank text chain today unwittingly, Kevin Nealon, Kevin Nealon of SNL. Um, Yankee great, Bernie Williams. NFL Hall of Famer, Brett Favre. Ming, how many is that? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. That is seven. Okay. Uh, Moe's Mo's older brother, Jimmy Kimmel. Half of the famous magic duo, Penn and Teller, Penn Gillette. And America's governor, Andrew Cuomo. That's my 10 for him. Hmm. And there they are, ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> huh. Who wants to go first? Sorry, I had to correct uh, a typo. Oh, Kevin? Yes, Kevon. Wow, good list, good list. This is tough. I'll go. So, okay. I, uh, okay. I, 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 as with you, John, I feel like I've heard I've heard of some of these. I've been a part of one or two of them. Uh, it is a good mix. It's, it's an eclectic mix. But uh, the the two that I uh, that stood out to me as I'm looking at the list scrolling again behind uh, in front of me, I think um, Brett Favre, as Bob Corbeil uh, calls out, <laughs> I think Brett Favre, or just because it it almost feels a little too on the nose and obvious, Michael Imperioli. So I'm going to go with Imperioli. I uh, I like the Goodfellas pairing here. Wow. I uh, you know I, I want to say Tia Carrere. Um, she happens to be the only female on this list, though. Um, so I'm going to believe you met her somewhere. Uh, I think we've talked about Lenny. I uh, I'm going to guess Paul Sorvino. The uh, no way no. Um, yeah, I'm gonna bet the uh, the big man for sure, Paul. All right, Mo go, Mike. Uh, so I'm thinking you had to have met Bernie some way somehow. You had to have met Bernie, and Cuomo's the only other one that I would think of. Um, with Sorvino coming in like at a distant third. I'm I'm gonna roll the dice and go, uh, Bernie. Okay. Feel the burn. So you and started out by saying you feel I definitely met him, and then ah, you picked. No, 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 no. I'm like you had to have met him, but 
I mean, with, you know, with, with all the other lists that we went through, you know, I, again, yeah. we, with, uh, with uh, Todd, I, I figured he definitely met, uh, sure. you know, Hernandez. So, all right, Mike, you're up. Okay. And I'm going to, I'm going to take Todd's sloppy seconds and say, Brett Favre. Brett okay. Favre. All right. Nice. <laughs> because there's, there's a definite, there's a, a, a kind of a theme going with you. And, um, I mean, I, I met Mario Cuomo and, uh, you know, Andrew and Chris's dad. And he, he never mentioned that you guys met. No. Okay. But it doesn't mean he didn't. So. All right. And I want to know about that theme, but we're going to circle back to that in a second. Before we go, I just want to read this from the comments. The lovely Suzanne, I only know two of these. We should talk more. So uh, that's, pretty <laughs> fun. that's pretty funny. So, um, so we'll go in reverse order. So Mike uh, just said Brett Favre, right? Right. Him and Todd. And uh, no, I think Todd went with – that was he narrowed it down to Favre, and I think he went with Michael Imperioli at the end. Is that correct, Todd? That's right. Okay, so we're going to do – so we'll do Mike first, reverse order. Mike says Brett Favre, and that is judged false. January 1996, Muhammad Youssef and I uh, crashed – ESPN's SB Awards at Radio City. We rented tuxes. Um, uh, just from that one night alone, I could have filled out this entire list. Um, but, uh, you know, just as you were alluding to, Todd, what's the fun in that? So uh, we just picked uh, a name. But, but yes, the great number four, long before he shamed uh, himself by playing for the Jets, uh, this was, he was at the peak of his powers. And so we met Brett Favre there. Ming, uh, Remind me, did you say Paul Sorvino? I did say Paul Sorvino, yes. Okay. So in the year 2000, Todd and I had attended a party at the Milk Lounge in Lower Chelsea, and that is where we met President Donald Trump and Melania, along with a few others. Um, um, and we were together that night. Two years later, I attended another party in the same lounge without Todd. Uh, I was with a co-worker from Bear Stearns I brought, Jim Moore. And um, we met a number of celebrities that night. Somebody I was a huge fan of. Um, well, well, actually, I'm not going to reveal who that is because we'll save it for the next edition here. But I met poor Paul Servino that night, and he was stoned on so much coke. He couldn't. He, he, he was just out of his mind. Um, we wound up having like three drinks together. Uh, super cool. I, I started off with, uh, you know, the, you know, my entry line and trying to talk to him. And he, and he had uh, two young uh, Asian girlfriends with him at the time. Uh, but my opening line was, oh, your, your daughter is so hot. And, and and it went over well. So we hung out that night. So that Paul Sorvino, that's out. Wow. Okay. Mo, you guessed Bernie Williams. Uh, I actually met Bernie Williams twice in my life. Uh, one of which I feel like you were there. So that actually uh, would be funny. So, so about I met right. him at Yankee Stadium for sure. Um, uh, I was at Yankee Stadium. And this is weird because this is a guy whose name I haven't mentioned in probably 20 years, but I'm going to mention it again. I was at a Yankee game with some Bear Stearns friends. The aforement- This is circa 2001. And, um, and I was there with the aforementioned Jim Moore along with uh, Christine Cannon and Enid Castellano. And we had gone to this Yankee game. And after the game, we were at some reception, and Bernie came out and uh, signed autographs and took pictures with everybody. Not some a gentleman, as you could have expected. I also remembered meeting him a second time in passing 
in a hallway at a stadium. But in my mind, that stadium is uh, Fenway Park. And I would have thought you would have been there with me yes, with yes, Jordan yes, and Vignetto. Yes, so, yeah. uh, so in any event, uh, that's a poor guess. So, uh, so we'll come back to uh, to uh, uh, Todd's guess. The Todd guess Michael Imperial. All right. Before I answer that guess is veracity or not, we'll just we'll we'll do a technique that Mo did, which is kind of working through the list. So Lenny Dykstra, uh, Mo, Todd, and I together stayed with Lenny up at the ranch in Cooperstown. Uh, the B&B Ranch run by Babe uh, at the Hall of Fame. And uh, uh, Lenny was everything you would have expected to be and hoped for him to be. He had no teeth. He uh, he he contracted out for a local horse. He, uh, at the middle of the night at 3 a.m., he set off the alarm, the fire alarm, when he went down to the steam room at the pool, but for some reason left the door open so all the steam came out and set off the smoke alarm. So everything you can expect from Lenny is what he did. Tia Carrere was also at the ESPYs in 1996. Uh, no, what is Tia Carrere most famous for? Uh, Wayne's World, True Lies, for, Wayne's World. Go ahead, Mo. For letting the dogs out? Uh, Tia Carrere most famous for being the only person that night of all the much, much bigger celebrities that we had met, the only person to not take a picture with us. We, we saw her in a hallway. We were, uh, it was just Mo and I and yep. her and her bodyguard. That's it. And she said, no, I don't take pictures. If I took them with you, I'd have to take them with everybody. It was and literally went like this. I go, there's nobody else here. But uh, she was not swayed by that argument. Um, um, <clears throat> uh, Kevin Nealon uh, was at the ESPYs that, that night as well, as was, well, Again, we'll save that for future reference. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel, it was January 23rd, the year 2000. Um, I was in St. Louis, Missouri with one George Gio, Giorgio Setti. We're at the NFC Championship game, Rams versus Bucks. Jimmy Kimmel was there as part of the Fox pregame and postgame show. And uh, along with uh, not Kerr Menefee, who does it now, but James Brown, and Terry Bradshaw, and Howie Long. And uh, Jimmy uh, doffed a bald cap to mock Terry. And uh, we were there three hours before game time. We had our run into the stadium. George is kind of crazy that way. And uh, and so Jimmy and I got to talk. We got a great picture. Um, and so now we're down to Michael Imperioli, Penn Jillette, and Andrew Cuomo. So Penn Jillette will take off the board. Because I was with you, Mo, and I was with you, Todd, when I interviewed Penn Gillette at the Playboy Wet and Wild Party in summer July 2001 in Las Vegas. Andrew Cuomo, much more recent. It was 2019 at the grand opening of the new Penn Station extension across the street from Madison Square Garden on 8th Avenue and 31st Street. Uh, I had gotten off the train that morning, as I do every morning on my way to work. But when I got out that morning, there was something different. Where the normal stairs were, there was a ramp leading to upstairs. I went up this ramp. I was completely bewildered. I didn't know what happened. I said, did I, did I fall asleep and wake up in a different state? I didn't. Everything was glistening and brand new. And I, and I bumbled my way up the ramp, arriving at Streetside before I finally recognized where I was. It's the former post office 
over there, the world's biggest post office. They turned it into a Penn Station extension. And as I walk out, I bump smack into Governor Andrew Cuomo. I take a step back. He takes a step back. I step to the right. He steps to his left. We still hit each other. I step to the left. He steps to his right. We still hit each other. I step back. I, say, I stop. I go, please. Horrible. Your Excellency, you go first. Okay. He laughs. He goes. And I turn around. And what I hadn't seen was a whole line of New York State troopers. And they were all there. And they were like at attention, like providing like security. And I didn't even realize I came out through a ribbon. This was the ribbon cutting for this new Penn State. <laughs> and so in any event, that's what I met Andrew Cuomo. Michael Imperioli was scheduled to appear at an event that I was attending. It was, wow, 10 years ago now, 2010 on the Lower West Side. And he was supposed to make an appearance and everybody stayed till 1 a.m. And he never showed up. I like to think he was on a Coke bender of some sort. But for that reason, I did not meet Michael Imperioli. Todd, you are correct. Ooh, wow. I win. So there we go. That was Guess Who I Didn't Meet. And uh, wound up taking uh, considerably longer than we would have expected. But I think it was a lot of fun. <laughs> we'll let the uh, the Point Blank fans, friends, viewers, and listeners decide. But um, we're supposed to debut a new segment right now. And I think this is going to be a much quicker segment. <clears throat> Brevity is actually built into the segment. Now, the segment is the brainchild of one Todd Sullivan. It's called Five Word Review. Todd Sullivan, please describe to us the nature of the program, and we're just going to move fast forward in this. Go ahead. Well, this is uh, expressly why I asked you whether or not you wanted me to prepare anything. I did not. And so, I did not uh, want you to be prepared. Go ahead. We'll just do, the, do this one off the top of our head. No, I, I had a thought the other – actually, I came up – I thought of this when we were doing our end-of-the-year uh, movie picks. So, like, as we're talking about our top ten list, rather than – get into all of our thoughts on every single one of these movies that, that could take forever uh, in the, in the, in the um, going for brevity. Why not um, toss out whenever we come up with a movie that we've seen recently, whenever you're referring to a movie, toss out a five word review. So if you had to distill a movie that you've seen recently down into five words, what would, what would you do? And as I said to John, I mean, maybe, maybe this is why you're doing it to me. It's actually kind of fun to do it uh, on, on the spot, just see what you can, what you can come up with. Um, the most recent review, sorry, the most recent movie that I, that I've seen, and I'm mildly embarrassed to admit it. Um, but it's because I'm stuck in a house with four kids and I have no choice was, uh, Dora the Explorer. And, uh, I think my five word review was, was better than had to be. Yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah, I wanted to just go quickly around the, around the horn to you guys. We, that we talked talk, talked about a game that we can play off of this that we, I think we'll we'll hold off to to a future yep. segment. Um, but just in terms of you know any any other recent movies you guys have seen, uh, Mo, what's the last movie you saw? What's your five word review? Uh, movie is Super Eight. Has aliens, but it's good. <laughs> As opposed to all those movies out there that have been made that have aliens. But are just bad. No, That's no. a pretty good one. I like that. <laughs> That's good. I had, I had, I told John we could have a subplot drinking game of every time Mo uses six words in his five five word review. So you aced wow. that one, my friend. Well done. So, so actually, if I can just interject, what I'd like to do here, because what we are really doing here this is a very quick segment. We're just going to set the stage to do this in future segments. 
What I want you guys to do is give the five-word review. Don't say the movie. Hmm. We'll see if we can guess it, and if not, you just reveal the movie. Later on, we can talk about expanding that to include themes as well. But, uh, but, um, but Ming, why don't you go ahead and give us a five-word review of a movie you've seen? Okay. I mean, th this could apply to a couple movies, but it's one specifically. The last movie I saw, uh, it's a rewatch. But the five-word review is Captain America is really worthy. It's not the obvious. Oh, really? It's not Endgame? <laughs> I would have guessed Avengers Endgame, yeah. Uh, he, wields, he wields Mjolnir. Uh, it is actually uh, Age of Ultron, yeah. where they're at the party. And uh, uh, okay. <laughs> with the hammer, and he moves it just slightly. And you know, the speculation is he actually did that on purpose. A smidge. A smidge. Uh, a smidge. Yes. Very Thor, nice. Yeah, Thor Michael, you're up. Okay, this also can apply to a bunch of uh, movies, but it's holy crap, Redford got old. It was the Ooh. first time I realized that Redford got old. And oh, it's a rewatch. Uh, I'm gonna go. Oh my god! Uh, the the what was it? Old the old man and the gun. The man with the gun. The old the old, old man and the gun. Old man. I was thinking the other one. Um, all is lost. Mm. Where, where he's adrift on the boat. No, Mo, you got one. Got a guess? It's um, what do you call it? Civil War. Nah, uh, he did look really old there, but yeah. he, he looked like he started to look like he's got a catcher's mitt that that once, you know, proud mm -hmm. face sneakers. Come sneakers. on, that movie's like thirty years ago, and he looked old. That's when I really? I said when I first thought. By, by the way, Mo, I'm so sorry. Friends of the program, Nick Franco and Gary McRae, immediately chiming in. That's not Civil War. That's Winter Soldier. So, there you go. It's literally the same movie. I thought he was right, referring to Ken Burns. Here's mine. <laughs> yes, and, and holy crap, Ken Burns old. Yeah, it, it works for that, too. All right, so this is a recent movie I saw in the theater within the last year. I'm going to give you that hint. Snoozer, but pretty good tunes. All right, can I can I answer? Can I provide um, oh, cats in, in the form of another five word review? <laughs> mine is mine is fantastic, despite having no plot. I would say that's you're describing the same movie. See if the, you guys can figure that one out from those two clues. Uh, I would guess Days and Confused, perhaps. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna reframe. Okay. It's a film that I saw in the movies in the last year. Mm, okay, so I'll give you mine. Snoozer, but pretty good tunes. Todd's is fantastic, despite having no plot. And it's both the same movie. Same movie. I'm guessing. I I I, I concur that that we are describing the same movie. Oh crap! No, I'm I'm no good at these. I'm not. I'm, I I haven't seen any movies out in the theater except for superhero crap. But certainly, you're aware of which movies have come out. <laughs> no, not even that. At okay. ten o'clock at night, I'm aware of nothing, John. <laughs> Ming, I guess. Uh, I'm I'm going to give credit to uh, Matt Miller here in the comments. He has guessed yesterday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you don't want to go with Carlos Mazonet 
guessing ba- Bamian Rhapsody. <laughs> Rhapsody. Ba- Bamian, I like that. Bamian. <laughs> well, any guess before well, I reveal? I think Zuki's got it. I did. I did guess uh, Cats, but if we're going with another movie, it's got to be the uh, the what do you call it? the the one uh, about Bruce Springsteen. A star. Mind you by the light. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I can say that in our comments, somebody has gotten it right. It is Suzanne. Suzanne, once upon a time in Hollywood. That is correct. Uh, okay. Wait, there were show tunes? No, it just had a great soundtrack, man. Thousands of the 70s, great rock. No, but I thought you said show tunes. No, I said snoozer, but pretty good tunes. Pretty good show tunes. <laughs> well, that's inserting a sixth well, word. When you, when you say tunes, it, it's like you know. John Wick three, guessed by Gary McRae. That was not correct. Mm. All right, well, moving right along. All right, so that, that listen, that's five word review. Now you guys know how it works. In future segments, we're going to come up with a theme, and there'll be points for even guessing what the theme is. But uh, we're going to move on to a segment that we only introduced two weeks ago, but. For some reason, illogically, improbably, we're getting great feedback on this on this segment. So we're going to do it again, and uh, and this can be part of our, our our I guess what we're doing week to week. And this is older or younger, older or younger. We're going to talk celebrity birthdays that happened this week, and then we're going to come up with a number, and we're going to keep track on how everyone's doing. And then we're going to have a winner. And that winner is going to get amazing prizes. And the losers will not. So let me just cut this up. <laughs> yeah, that's, how it works. that's how it works in life. Sort of like life, yes. Well, and Todd. Okay. So we're going to start off with something. Um, maybe this one is, I don't know. If I, maybe we'll start, we'll start off with something a little bit easier and build our way up. MTV's. Bill Bellamy, also of Last Comic Standing. Bill Bellamy. Oh, fun older. Bill Bellamy, older or younger than 51? What did you say, 51? Bill Bellamy, older or younger than 51? He's older. I'm going to say older. Because got to be older. Uh, got to be older. He's a DJ, right? He's a he's a comedian, so he was on MTV's Half Hour Comedy Hour, and more recently as the host of Last Comic Standing. So, Bill Bellamy. I was guessing forty nine as you said it, and then I'm like, well, shit. I was watching him on MTV, and he's got to be older, more older than that than I am. But I'm still going. I'm going younger. Okay, so we've got two olders, one younger. Mike, I didn't hear you. I said older. Older than fifty one. Yes, sir. Bill Bellamy is exactly 51. Yesterday turned 54. Ooh, yes. Oh, All right. bitch. So that oh. is Ming, Michael, Mo, and not Todd Loser. Okay. <laughs> M cubed. Alien cubed. That's, that's good. All right. How about this? 
this guy's great. By the way, can I just? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Can I say that with the de- the slight delay we have, the comment section for this is fantastic because all we get is older, 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 younger, 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 older, older. And none of us have any clue what it's what it's associated with for the most part. But <laughs> keep going. All right. So listen, we're gonna go with the great guitarist and singer John Oates of Hall and Oates. John Oates. Older or younger than 72? Wow. Uh, I'm going to guess younger than 72. I, too, will guess younger than 72. There'll be three of us. Oh, come on. I was going 66, so I I was going to say younger as well. All right. That's all four. It's not going to help me. I should go against the grain. Not when it's right. Rock stars can't live that long. John Oates, older or younger than 72. We've got four votes for younger. He turned 71 yesterday. So all four of you are correct. Good job. And Todd. All correct. But only just. Comeback time. Off the slide. Actor John Schneider of Dukes of Hazzard. And Smallville. We're talking Pa Kent. He got old. Older or younger than 61. Just a good old boy. He is a good old boy. We played uh, Cards Against Humanity with John Schneider. We did. Oh, my God. Oh, did wow. he get age? Um, and he didn't make my list. Isn't that weird? Now, I'm, you said he's how old? Older or younger than what? I'm saying he's older or younger than 61. Younger. It's got to be. I, I'm going to guess older than 61. Can I give you my math on this? I'm thinking, all right, Dukes of Hazard, what, 1980? He was probably 20, 40 years. So I was. I, I came to 60, and you hit me 61. I'm going to go older. He looks older, but I'm guessing younger. All right. So listen, we, we, we've planned it perfectly if we've got two older votes and two younger votes. We asked if he was older or younger than 61. Today, John Snyder turned 59. Your math was pretty good. Good You just went one year the wrong direction. Happy birthday, John. (laughs) Congrats to Mike and Mo, and Ming and Todd are losers. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You take such joy in saying that, John. All right. A lot of people remember him for his TV role on Friday Night Lights. Some very few remember him as an ill-fated detective on True Detective Season 2. I prefer to remember him as the best on-screen representation of Gambit in Mm. X-Men Origins Wolverine. Actor Taylor Kitsch, (laughs) older or younger, than 36. Oh, son of I just thought 36. Uh, I'm oh, gonna say, I'm doing my job, buddy. Then I'm doing my job. Damn it. I'm gonna say younger. Not much, but younger. All right, I'll break with Mike on this and we'll go older. I'm gonna go older as well. Hmm. Do I align with Mike Zapsik or Muhammad Youssef? <laughs> Let's go younger. <laughs> Ooh. 
All right, so once again, we've split the panel. We've got two olders, two youngers. Taylor Kitsch, on April 8th, turned 38 years old. No. Older than 36. Right, Did I get that one right or no? You went with me. Not. We're losers. <laughs> we just did that. In the Mars. He was, uh, what's his name from Mars, too, right? John Carter, War Order of Mars. One of the most unfairly maligned movies, in my opinion, of nearly all time. I, I really, really thought. All right. Well, I mean, when when the execs at Disney, you know, crap all over it, even before it comes out, that's that's saying something. That's right. All right, listen. For our last one, unless there's a tie, then we have a tie break. Oh. Mohamed Rudy. Rudy Rudiker, that is. But has he met Keisha Knight Pulliam of The Cosby Show, who celebrates her birthday this week? And is she older or younger than 41? Keisha Knight Pulliam. Older or younger than 41? That's Rudy, right? Yeah. No, Rudy would be that from Notre Dame. <laughs> I'm going older. I'm going to go older as well. By uh, Todd Math, I'm going to go older. Yep, older. Mo, it's up to you. Gosh. Well, the pattern is that John has a uh, – if you'll get every every black actor or famous person, he's uh, – the answer The answer's been older. Yeah. Might be subconscious. I don't know. So I'll go older. Oh my God. This is not even possible. Wow. John, you're racist? What's going on with that? You're ageist and what's racist. <laughs> so what's the answer? Where is this coming from? I keep a lot of statistics. It's just, you know. <laughs> All right. So what's the vote? We've got. We got I mean, again, we got older, was around, around 80. That was 40 years ago. All right, 80s, 40 years ago. She's yeah. she Todd, Bobby, I'm sorry, Mo, what did you say? Cosby. Mo said older also? Okay. We asked if Keisha Knight Pulliam was older or younger than 41 years old. Well, everybody's saying Keisha younger. Keisha Knight Pulliam, today on April 9th, turned 40. That's it. She turned 40. Oh. So all hey. of you are incorrect. Wow. And you are not racist. Well, <laughs> jury's out. All right, so let me have this up. Okay. TV's Ming Chen. Correct, correct, incorrect, correct, incorrect. Ming has three points. While you add that up, Gary McRae adding in, Bacac, don't crack. He speaks. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, correct, 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 correct. Three points. Mo. One four, Todd one, Mo. No tiebreaker needed. We're not going to get to Charlie Hunnam of Sons of Anarchy. Sorry, I was holding him in reserve for um for uh for tiebreaker purposes. Mo, you take the crown. We got four out of five right. Mo, well done. Thomas. I feel like I should take a, a victory lap. <laughs> Please do. Ming and Mike tied with three. Todd coming up way, way in the rear with one point. All right, guys, 
It's time. It's time for top three. And this is what the folks came to see. Last week, we did top three TV shows based off movies. This week, the top three movies based off TV shows. I totally It's getting crazy it. around here. All right? Now, you, the Point Blank fans, friends, viewers, listeners, spoke often and spoke loudly to the tune of 641 votes. Oh. The second most we've ever had in Stunning. history. Nice. In history. Second most ever. You guys had a lot of opinions here. But before we get to those opinions, we're going to talk to our esteemed panel. We're going to start with a man who's been outed as being five foot four. TV's Ming Chen. Your top three movies based on TV shows. I love that outed like it was a shocking revelation. Like, oh my God, Ming Chen. Yeah, trying to keep it a secret. Wow. As Mike goes to the bathroom. Okay. All right. In his in his kitchen sink. All right. I right. more more tea. All right. Blame it on the cats. This is a great. This is, this was a great top three and uh, very difficult. Many many great movies inspired by TV shows. Um, uh, I I know it's top three. Uh, I'm only gonna give three honorable mentions. Oh, list. That's it. Yes. Um, but I uh, I gotta go with the fugitive. Uh, you know, you find that man. He, he had one arm, and yeah, the uh, Harrison Ford, who Mike met and cooked for him, brilliant. Tom Lee Jones, even more brilliant. Great movie. Uh, TV show was pretty good, but the I the, the movie definitely topped it. Um, number two, honorable nominee, by the way. Yes, for sure. Number two, uh, honorable mention, uh, movie inspired by a TV show, uh, The Naked Gun, the first one. Leslie Nielsen, I, I, I saw that as a high school freshman, uh, couldn't good. watch it over yeah. and over and over. And hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. It's uh, so many. So many great moments in that movie. I don't know if I haven't seen it recently. I don't know if it holds up as it did when I was 14, but probably well, not. How can you forget the OJ Simpson is a co-star? How can you forget that? It's and uh, and uh, this is how hard it was to pick <laughs> number three. This is an honorable mention, ladies and gentlemen, Serenity. Um, wow. Wow. Uh, based off uh, what has been called the greatest sci-fi TV series of all time, Firefly. I don't know who declared that, but uh, Serenity, worthy, worthy continuation of uh, the TV show. Hopefully it didn't, it hasn't wrapped it up. Hopefully they come back one day, but Serenity, my number three, uh, uh, honorable mention. So my top three, um, uh, number three, uh, I have to go with Beavers and Butthead, Do America. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wow. know if anybody picked that, but I love I love those idiots. And uh, Mike Judge knocked it out of the park back in uh, whenever that movie came out, 1996, I want to say. Uh, number two, uh, Mission Impossible. I, mm -hmm. <laughs> I I don't think there's any doubt there uh, that they just kept getting better and better. And uh, number one, uh, I got to go with Wayne's World for sure. Mm -hmm. um, it, to to me, one of you know the, the heyday of uh, SNL when you just had star after star after star. And many, many movies uh, spawned from that era, but I, Wayne's World uh, is one that is very near and dear to my heart. So uh, that's got to be you my didn't mention her name, but it, we'll, we'll count that as our second Tia Carrera reference of the show. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure. So those we're are not problems. worthy. We're not worthy. Great, great picks, Ming. Mike, let's flip it over to you, buddy. Your top three movies based off TV shows. Okay. I have four honorable mentions. Uh, 
We're rubbing off on you, Mike. You're getting worse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, at least I'm not. Uh, they're all um, a star is born. <laughs> my honorable mentions are the. Where's Mo? Oh, Mo, they, can you hear him? Oh, my God. Oh, I'm done. I did that to him. All right, good enough. Oh. Um, the criminally, criminally underrated Mikhail's Navy, starring oh. Tom Arnold. Was that Kelsey Grammer? No, it was Tom Arnold. And- oh, Tom Arnold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Criminally underrated. I, I think it's never been described in quite that way before. If you ever get a chance, go back and watch it, especially now. It 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 holds up fairly well. John, uh, I believe you're thinking of Down Periscope. That is what I'm thinking of. Yes, you are correct. Which he has a tattoo on his belly. Which is Uh, Mike's next uh, honorable mention. (laughs) Which is Down... uh, No, it's Lost in Space. All-star cast. Um, Mimi Rogers. uh, William Hurt. Matthew Perry? No, it wasn't Matthew Perry. Matt LeBlanc. Sorry. And it was uh, and Gary Oldman. Oh, and I think Lacey Chabert might have been in that as well. Chabert and Heather Graham. So, oh, yeah, I know. I'm telling you, <laughs> fantastic. Um, had so much potential, fell apart in Act Three. That's the only bitch about it. This was a good pick, Mike. Yeah, uh, Adam's family. Ah, oh, Green Raul Julia. He was phenomenal. That's that was at the height of. His rawness. And um, let's not forget Angelica Houston. And Chris mm-hmm. his Uncle Fester. I mean, he was great. And Christina Ricci. You, yeah, I know where you were going, Todd. That's a good cast. And uh, my fourth honorable mention was Serenity. Mm. Serenity, mm. yeah. Also mentioned by Ming, um, you know, it it lived to, to fight another day. It had such a, a rabid fan base, they made a movie out of it. Okay, so now for my top three. Number three, the Simpsons movie. Hmm. They uh, st- such a great uh, plot that Stephen King stole it for Under the Dome. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, you're right. You are right. Yeah. So, um, you are right. Uh, yeah, I know. And I, I don't want to get Stephen King pissed off at me because bad things happen when, you know, that happens. Uh, my number two is also a skit from Saturday Night Live that made it onto the, the big screen. And no, it's not Coneheads. The Blues Brothers. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Blues Brothers did very well with the fan voting. Oh, oh excellent. And my number one, um, from a TV show to the movie theater... Batman. Batman with Adam West, Burt <laughs> Ward, and, okay. and the of Evil, okay. 1967. I have three words for you. Lee friggin' Merriweather. Okay, listen, that, that, that is enough reason to overrule common sense in most, most cases. No. But in your case specifically... In your case specifically, I have to say I'm somewhat surprised. Really? I would have thought playing the role of the prototypical comic book man, as in on, for example, The Simpsons, you would have said, well, actually, that's based on the graphic novel Batman and not the TV show. But uh, no. listen, it's your, it's your list. 
as we always say on top three, there are no rules. So, uh, so go for it, buddy. Uh, I did, but <laughs> it was a movie. It was a TV show. So. Well, he wrote in the Bat Chopper too, right? And that was one of the very few times. Actually, that was they only used the bad copter twice, and it was in that movie. Yes, when the that's where the the famous bat shark repellent comes from. Oh, big time! So. I use that all the time myself. I know your top three movies based on TV shows. I'm going to tell you, you're going to have a hard time topping Mike's list. Well, I'll say this: I I paired my. Uh... My honorable mentions down to only three. I had about nine. Got it down to three, a respectable three. And it starts off with Wayne's World, you know, which was originally in my top three, but it got bumped down. Wow. Um, um, Mango, right there with you. Beavis and Butthead, I could watch it 20 years from now. Oh, yeah. I'll yep. still laugh at everything. Yeah. It's a shame they didn't, uh, they didn't get, uh, they didn't hook up. Spoiler alert. And the last one is Entourage. Oh, you know what? Wow. Probably one of the best series out there. And I was just worried that the movie was going to disappoint, and it didn't. It was fantastic. All right. So here are my top three. Not a number top. one. Well done. Well done. <laughs> number one is Get Smart. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I loved it. Steve Carell, The Rock. It was just fantastic. Number two, John, you actually called me while I was watching it. It's uh, South Park. Bigger, uh, longer, and yeah. good. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I painted them. Yeah. Well, do you remember when we saw that in the movie theaters? How could I? I had no I, idea it was a musical. Absolutely. Yeah. It was just, uh, it was amazing. And the last one is uh, Transformers. Oh, good one, Mo. Sort of. Michael Bay. <laughs> um, which, no, which no, 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 no. We're talking about the 1988 movie oh, where they killed right. off Optimus. Orson, Orson. The, the last Spiral, the first, and only movie, first and only movie that uh, I cried at. Yeah. Yeah. 86, even. Yeah. Around there, 80s. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, obviously, uh, just mentioned a few episodes ago on uh, best songs for movies. We've got The Touch, we've got There, we've got a great soundtrack there, thanks to Stan Bush. Uh, you've got Orson Welles, the inimitable, the great Orson Welles, in what would prove to be his final film role, Monty Python's Eric Idle, uh, and who could forget the Breakfast Clubs, Judd Nelson, as the most hated character in film history, Hot Rod. So great, <laughs> great film, great pick there, Mo. Uh, we won't get pedantic and say it's based on a toy line. It was very much based on the Saturday morning TV show. So good call there. Great list. Todd? going to be hard to top, especially with the honorable mention of Entourage. But what can you do? Well, Mo, Mo just got you, got you going there. You got you a little bit wistful. I was going to say, uh, you know, a question to the to the panel of how many spots John was going to give to Transformers out of his top three. Was it just going to be one spot, or was he actually going to go for two or two or three spots in there? But um, we'll, we'll leave that uh, we'll leave that as a cliffhanger. Um, I, I controlled myself. I've only got two honorable mentions, and of all the, all the the movies that I have, my top three has already been covered. So my honorable mentions is where we'll we'll, we'll throw a little bit of variety. Um, one is one is uh, Twenty One Jump Street. Highly unexpected uh, delight from that movie. Uh, I was a fan of the show, and it's uh, spinoff Booker. I believe the name was. Uh, you were a fan of Richard Rico, yeah, with Richard Rico. 
Um, but uh, they obviously went a completely different direction. Phil, uh, what's his name? Lord and uh, Lord and whatever his other name is doing doing that one. Yeah. Really funny movie. Did not uh, did not need to be as as unique and uh, original as it was. And the other one I had as a honorable mention only because it wasn't really a TV show that was coming from. It was it was sort of an online sketch that became a part of a TV show on HBO. But uh, the laughs never ended. It became iconic. I quoted it probably way too many times than was publicly um, necessary or appropriate. Is Borat? Yes. So yeah, we got. I got Borat. I, I, I bumped that down out of the top three into an honorable mention. But my my three, which is actually four, um, I had. And if, if, I'm, <laughs> if I'm being honest, it's actually probably what ten or eleven. Uh, my number three was was Mission Impossible the 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 series of them mo uh sorry ming covered yep. that they're uh a really interesting take in the fact that you've got incredible high profile directors covering each of the first couple of them with completely different takes on the sort of tone and vibe of it uh and also they did an interesting job there and then and then they really hit their stride with the sort of third fourth fifth of the of the series so and Christopher Macquarie, who's who's directed the fourth fifth sixth yeah, as as I'm sure you meant, has already said they're working on number seven and number eight. And you just got to give it up to to National Treasure Tom Cruise, Big literally time. trying to figure out what what kinds of ways he could kill himself in in making these movies, uh, hanging on the outside of an airplane, doing a, a dead fall in a helicopter, like whatever whatever it takes, he's going to do it. So yeah, so Mission Possible, and then. Uh, I, I have to say, number I'll, I'll throw my number one. Ming, you're nuts for putting it as a as an honorable mention. The Fugitive is a is a near near perfect movie. Um, the it, in terms of changing it up from the source material, it's a very different kind of vibe modernization. But the movie's flawless. The cast is fantastic. Tommy Lee Jones puts on a an all timer performance, and, and Harrison Ford brings it as only he can. So uh, so that's my number one. I don't I don't I don't think you can get any better than that one. Um, and my number two is two movies. I uh, I had to call a tie. I couldn't choose between. I feel like we just talked about this a week or two ago. But the two movies that I think I laughed harder <laughs> at at the movie theater than any other movies I've ever seen was South Park, Bigger, Longer, Uncut, and Wayne's World. Um, I, when when they broke into Uncle Fuck, like I I was a big fan of South Park. It's like, okay, do we need a movie of this? It's going to be just a longer version of it. And they went so far uh, beyond what you could have expected. I laughed harder, like I could not imagine. And Wayne's World, as I said a couple of weeks ago, when they did the, the Scooby Doo ending, it it just exploded my mind. I, you know, there's no way to see that coming. It was, I mean, that, it's just a, it's an iconic movie. So that's uh, the the pair of those I couldn't choose between them. That's my number two. Listen, great picks. Uh, South Park, I saw with Mo. Wayne's World, I saw with you, Todd. Um, but I, don't, I don't know if you remember this. We saw South Park. There was a third person with us that day. Do you remember who it was? Anthony Antonello. It was our good friend Anthony Antonello. And we were so taken aback by the comedic songs of uh, Uncle Fucker and Blame Canada that amidst his riotous, even rapturous laughter, right. Anthony just blurted out, by the way, guys, I'm gay. And so that was amazing. So... Um, <laughs> And Todd, uh, I'll never forget, if, if I live to be the age of 178, while we were watching Wayne's World, and he picks up the guitar in the guitar shop, and he plays the first three chords of Stairway to Heaven, 
Mm-hmm. And the guy and the guitar shop goes, hey, hey, you then said no stairway to heaven. And he points to the sign that says no stairway to heaven. <laughs> I swore up and down you must have seen a trailer or something. You said you didn't. It's 30 years later. It's your time to come clean. But somehow you knew that that moment was going to happen. That's right. He's most right. It's epic. He's not coming clean. He's, he's choosing not to complain. That's okay. Listen, we're going to get to my top three right now, and then we're going to get right to the fan vote. It was a good vote. All right, my top three, my honorable mentions. My number three honorable mention, The Untouchables. Kevin Costner, Sean Connery, and, um, and of course, Mo's good friend Bobby De Niro as Al Capone. Great movie. I watched it a lot when I was a kid. Um, and uh, I'm curious to see if it still holds up. I have a feeling it does. Great performances there. Uh my my second honorable mention, Todd kind of gave a, a a preview here for me when he mentioned that I would mention Transformers the movie. It was one of most picks. Ooh, it's one of my honorable mentions. It doesn't make my top three, but uh, but certainly uh, it's a movie that means a lot to me. And then my my third honorable mention is a film that I don't not not sure if any of you have seen, but uh, but I can tell you that I had very low expectations, actually lower than low. Uh, I watched it on an airplane. <laughs> I, I cried laughing. And this is Baywatch the movie with <laughs> Lane and Rock Johnson. Um, Baywatch the movie far, far better than if you took all 208 episodes of Baywatch the TV show, put them together, and then aggregated their score. Baywatch the movie still better. Uh, the Rock killed it in that movie. Here's my top three. Coming to number three. The Fugitive, mentioned by several on the panel already. Um, what, what, what more can be said about it? Great movie, one of the first action movies, thriller movies, really, more than action, to be nominated for Best Picture. Great performances by Harrison Ford and, of course, Tommy Lee Jones. And uh, and 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 just just great movie. When he goes, I did not kill her, and he goes, I don't care. It's just epic, epic movie. Of course, spawned a spinoff. Uh, with, with Wesley Snipes, uh, U.S. Number two, The Naked Gun, based off the TV show uh, uh, Police Squad. It's good. From David Tucker. And just, oh, my God. Ming, you, you kind of gave away the specific thing I was going to say. It's one of the greatest moments in film history. Oh, yeah. When Francis from Pee Wee Herman stands up and says, hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. I mean, it's just unbelievable movie in terms of slapstick comedy i mean i think it's fair to say other than the wayans brothers nobody's making movies like this anymore so uh so great great movie number two my number one again oftentimes i'm going to try to come up with top threes you guys didn't say i couldn't hear my number one i couldn't pick a specific one so i'm just going to say the mission impossible franchise Todd and I, we were at the New York opening for that. I believe it was at the uh, Village 7 Theater uh, uh, down in the East Village. And uh, they had guys rappelling off the side of the building. Right. And, uh, and we got commemorative T-shirts, which uh, I still wear. I don't fit in, but I still wear. And um, it's just a great film. Uh, you know, you had uh, John Woo do the second one. You had, um, was it Joss Whedon do the third one? Who was the first? Uh, was the first Palma? Brian De Palma, maybe that might have been right. Yeah, and then obviously Macquarie's done four, five, and six. Um, great, 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 great franchise to me. That's the number one translation from TV. 
the movies. However, the fans have spoken. And they have a slightly different ranking. So let's get right to it. I mentioned that we had a total of 643 votes. John, I just want to to clarify. It was J.J. Abrams with number three and Brad Bird, director of The Incredibles, at number four. Uh, Brad Bird, that was his live-action debut. It wasn't Josh Whedon, it was J.J. Abrams with the aforementioned Philip Seymour Hoffman. Great villain. Can someone tell Geo thanks? We just had it stuffed. <laughs> I think you just did. All right, good enough. Um, all right, here we go. Before we get to the top three, we're going to talk about some also rounds. Coming in with seven votes apiece. Jackass the movie, yeah. Starsky and Hutch, wow. Adam's Family slash Adam's Family Values, The Muppet Movie, and Baywatch, each with seven votes. Coming in in 10th place with nine votes apiece, Get Smart and the Blues Brothers coming in ninth place with 10 votes apiece, Charlie's Angels what? and Masters of the Universe, a four million in eighth place. Jumping up to 15 votes each, 15 votes each. Coming in at seventh place, both the Untouchables and 21 Jump Street. We also had a vote for 22 Jump Street. We're going to count it in there as well. Coming in at sixth place with 20 votes. Sixth place, The Fugitive. Coming in at fifth place with 23 votes, Travis The Dallas. Naked Gun. Coming in at fourth place, just outside the top three. This was my number one, folks, Mission Impossible. Next up, we have we have something with 32 votes that I am exercising my discretion to dismiss. That is The Hulk. Okay, that is out. Um, similarly, I am dismissing what comes in one vote more than that, 33 votes. Spider-Man, not counting it. Okay, you're sensing a pattern here. I'm sorry. I'm completely invalidating fan votes for properties based on comic books that were not necessarily based on TV shows. They were based on comics. And these aren't the last we're going to hear, folks. Shout um, out to John Holding. Coming in at number three. That's right. Good call there, Ty. Coming in at number three. With 35 votes. This is the first of our top three. Wayne's World. Wayne's World with 35 votes. How does Wayne's World make number number three with 35? Because with 38 votes right above it is Wonder Woman. Out. Wonder Woman has been excised from the (laughs) world. Wow. Okay. Coming in. You're harsh. We've got a tie, folks. With 40 votes apiece. Borat. And Serenity, both with 40 votes. They come in at number two. And now our number one. Mike, please don't get mad at me. It scored 52 votes. You were one of them. That man is removed from the list. I'm sorry. (laughs) Wait a minute. If it's the Batman from 1967, it's based on the TV show. Same actors. Uh, I'm I'm not disputing that. Well, listen, Ming has spoken and said all Batman movies are out. Similarly, with 57 votes, Superman is out. I don't even know how you can say it was based off a TV series. I guess <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's out. It's out. Coming in at number one. Far and away. Far and away the winner. And I don't think three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, plus I don't know mentions. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think a single one of us mentioned this. 
And it comes in at number one with, well, when we pare it down, with more votes than both number two ties put together. So this Whoa. is the We've only had one runaway like this before, and it's with Mike's good friend George Carlin for best stand-up comedian of all time, having more votes than number two and three put together. But at number one, with 106 votes, Star Trek is the answer. Now, yes, it's true. I'm there was a movie. For Star Trek, for Wrath of Khan, for Star Trek First Contact had a few votes, none for Insurrection, surprisingly. But if you aggregate all the Star Trek votes, they come in at 106 votes as the number one movie based on a TV series. When you put it like that, it is hard to argue with. I feel embarrassed that I didn't mention it. Um, but um, but anyway, there it is, folks. Nick Franco says it. He's here with Star Trek. Unusual capitalization, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of like it. Uh, it probably would have grossed a couple more million. Hey, listen, I didn't. I didn't get to meet Leonard Nimoy before he, he cacked, so I'm okay with it. I'm okay with not mentioning it. <laughs> but you did meet the shot. Okay. <laughs> so before we move into our final phase, real quickly, gentlemen, and we are moving into our final phase. All right, we're coming up on that two-hour mark, and and we're not trying to set any records tonight. But Larry Hom is not here, so we don't have anything to worry about. I just want to give a brief mention. Real quickly to any of our next round of drinks, Todd, did you move on to a different craft beer? <laughs> I did. I've got one. Uh, shout out to Tavor, uh, the app Tavor, a craft craft beer crate sent to you. Um, there, we're looking to that for them to become a sponsor so that I can I can stop having to pay for these. But uh, this one was a recent selection that they had thrown on there. It's from a brewery called Weldworks Brewing. W-E-L-D-W-E-R-K-S, Weldworks Brewing in, where are we at? Oh, Greeley, Colorado. So as I did last time, accidentally drinking two beers from Indiana, tonight I accidentally have two beers from Colorado. Uh, starting off with uh, with Avery, now we're moving over to Weldworks. This is something called Starry Night. And uh, John, you're going to take a particular interest in this one. I'll, I'll hold up the can. It's a beautiful can. Nice drawing there. And this is a milk stout. Brewed with milk sugar, hazelnut, toasted coconut, and milk chocolate. And the tasting notes on this one highlights the nutty crunch. Uh, it, it's comparing it to the nutty crunch of a Ferrero Rocher fine oh. hazelnut chocolate. Yeah. And I have to say, they, they they crushed it. I mean, it is, it's so good. It's not that strong a beer. It's uh, 7.5%. Uh, nice bit of creaminess and, and lactose in there on a, on a very dark pouring beer but the thing that, that nailed me on this one that, that um i didn't expect to, to like as much i almost hesitated on the the mention of coconut in the description there i'm not a coconut fan i don't like it when uh coconut shows up in chocolate or chocolate chip cookies or anything like that why why ruin a good thing but uh the toasted coconut you get it every time you take a sip it's just kind of floating on top the aroma of of that kind of toast it does it smells toasted and uh, but it's not too strong in the in the flavor of it. You get a nice hazelnut chocolate vibe, but the smell is just kind of floating around there. It's it's really well done, very balanced. And a starry night. You have a can or a bottle to show us? It's, yeah, I did. This is a can. Uh, uh, there you go from Weldworks. Starry of course, night. Uh, one of the more famous Vincent Van Gogh paintings. Uh, clearly, you're not a fan of Mounds, the candy bar. We'll have to go back and review the tape for top three candy bars to see how you definitely know. Um, uh, what I can say about this. Brewing with coconut. 
it's very challenging. It's one of the most challenging ingredients to brew with because you do it wrong, it overpowers everything else in the beer. Yep. And obviously, if you don't do it enough, you don't taste it at all. So what's the point? So uh, it's very, very tough to brew it. So if this sounds like it's a good beer, I'm very curious. The Ferrero Rocher. I've got one, I've got one in the uh, in the Sully Cool Cellar waiting for you. So thank you. All right, we're on our way. Ming, before we move on, did you have a second beer tonight, my friend? Uh, no, I'm still in the Enigma. So um, I got it uh, delivered to me via Grubhub to my doorstep wow. uh, in a mason jar. This is off. This is this is trap beer, my friends. Delivered to your door. Well done. Previously. Grubhub from where? From what? From what establishment? Uh, an establishment called the Nip and Tuck Bar and Grill in Long Branch. I believe I plugged them uh, two or three episodes ago. Yes, uh, sir. And I believe earlier than he meant it. Yeah, we will be podcasting there uh, when this uh, coronavirus is all over. Um, but uh, yeah, they've relaxed a couple things, and uh, you can get draft beer delivered to your doorstep, everybody. That is amazing. That is great. Thank you for the governor for. You know, they granted us that opportunity. Then they took it away, but then they just gave it back. So good job to see you taking care of it. Um, so, you know, two weeks ago, I had a beer called Delirium Nocturnum, which was a strong, dark Belgian ale from Delirium Brewery. Last week, I had Delirium Red, which was a cherry sour from Delirium Brewery. And this week, my second beer of the night is Delirium Argentum. Ooh. Delirium Argentum. Now, what is Delirium Argentum? It's their 25th their silver anniversary L and it is from the brewery Haiga, the, 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 the delirium brewery as they've rebranded themselves. They're describing it as a hopped amber L um, on beer advocate. They're being described as a Belgian IPA. So basically what you're looking at is a fusion of, you know, the, the IPA style, which has become so rampant in the United States, heavily hopped along with a Belgian yeast strain from an actual Belgian brewery. Here's what I can tell you. The blending together is literally quite magical. Comes in at 7%. Tastes like it could be 2 or 3%. There's, there's, there, there's no alcohol on this at all. You're getting the funk from the Belgian yeast, balanced out by the hoppy presence of, uh, of, of I guess, what looks like an IPA hop schedule. So uh, this is Delirium Argentum. Of the three deliriums I've had the last three weeks, I already knew I loved delirium red. I already knew I was a huge fan of delirium nocturnum. This delirium argentum, unexpectedly, is my favorite of the three. So, uh, so uh, I'm out of delirium beers for now. There won't be another one next week, but uh, but that's what we're doing there. So can we just uh, can we quickly throw in one from the uh, from the the fan comments? We got Geo Seti at nine thirty seven commenting beer check mark. So yeah, <laughs> it's a fan of beer. Thanks. No, he, he came back later. He came back later to to Appreciate write. Um, um, Got to get a SETI snack. Good beer, guys. Listen, we're going to cut a couple of segments here because we're uh, we're we're doing we're doing poorly on time as we usually are. But one thing I really wanted to get to. Uh, so there's not going to be any point blank picks tonight. We're actually going to even forego parting shots tonight, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, but, of course, you'll have the opportunity to say what you wish anyway. What I do want to do, we promise this. Our friends, the Point Blank fans, viewers, and listeners, you are now going to pick. This is the brainchild of, of our very own Muhammad Youssef. You fans are going to pick our next topics for combat trivia. So, Mo, I don't know if you want to explain what you had in mind, how it's going to work. Uh, 
you want you want to say anything here or so yeah um you get as many types of uh uh what do you call it chances to to throw out whatever it is that you want um and us five will pick which uh you know as we see the car- categories come we just uh pick the category we want so throw out as many categories as you'd uh, like to see so I agree, and I and I think just to make it a little bit more, um, a little bit fairer, what we'll do is we'll, once they've thrown out some categories, all right, and Stu Greenberg getting it started, Batman sixty six. Sorry, Mike, I doubt you're. We're going to let you pick that one. Uh, but what we're going to do is once we've got five categories out there, five viable categories, what we'll do is we'll pick in reverse point order. So to summarize where we left off combat trivia a few episodes ago, uh, Mike, of course, was in the lead. He had 32 points. Todd was in second place. He had 30 points. John, myself, is in third place with 29 points. Mo was in fourth place with 24 points. And right there with him is Ming at 23 points. So once the categories have gone up, we're going to give Ming the first pick of categories. Then Mo, then myself, then Todd, and then Mike, you're going to be left with whatever shit is left. Nice. So, so, so Geo pick for beer with a check mark next to it. Well, he's so got a good beer with a check so mark. So let's next go to that ahead one. and validate which, um, which, uh, which topics we want to pick here. So Stu just says fantastic, which is great. I mean, that could be it. anything. Oh, fantastic. Be household cleaning product, fantastic. Trivia questions about it. So uh, running through here because these guys are going very rapidly. We see Batman 66. We see Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Bob Corbeil says the original Star Wars. Gary McRae, best Easter candy. Sounds like a future top three. I'm not sure if that's a great <laughs> trivia necessarily. Anatomy and Physiology, Richard Agney. Wow. Wow, big Raimi movies or TV. Nick Franco. specific at all. Dungeons and Dragons. Best quarantine. Teen films, but does he mean Quentin Tarantino films? We don't know what CJ Cullen means. All right, we've Can got Heroes with Pink. We've got Star Wars: The Clone Wars. And, and, um, and yeah, so listen, and th- there we are, folks. I think we've got a good sampling here. Uh, who's getting first pick? Ming, you've got first pick. Anything on here that you want to take? I mean, Empire Strikes Back is a great topic. Uh, if I'm able to pick that, I'm going to pick you that. you got your choice of anything you want, buddy. Okay, I'm going to pick Empire Strikes Back. Thank you, Stu Greenberg. All right, we're going to lock that in. Ming Chen of TV's Comic Book Men is picking Empire Strikes Back. Mo, you're up next, buddy. I will go with U.S. Presidents. Well, I didn't see that. Well, I'm behind. Okay. Um, that's Stu Greenberg. Bob Corbeil, very specific. Cartoon. We've got Twilight Zone. We've got JFK, the movie from, from the lovely Suzanne. Um, but, and we've got, of course, the Star Wars Expanded Universe, now rendered non-canon by the Disney Overlords, Nick Franco. Mo, you have chosen U.S. presidents. Is that correct? Oh, I thought that was, I thought that was us presidents. Yeah, yes. Us, like US. We yeah. as presidents. Right. Yes, sir. All right. And to be fair, we should be fair, guys. No more suggestions because now Ming and Mo didn't get to choose if you give uh, them more. Keep them coming. Now, I don't know if it's fair to, to those guys, you know? All right. So now I guess it's up to me. And uh, Carlos Mason, that, sure. Best boxers ever. 
Um, they get an assist from Sean Coco on that one. All right. So Empire Strikes Back is off the board, correct? Yes. Um, obviously, the next one I would clearly pick would be U.S. Presidents. Also off the board. Thank you very much. You really shouldn't leave Batman 66 dangling out there for me. I know, I know, but I don't know that I can I mean, lest we forget, the reason Mike is in first place, he, he got like 14 points on a five-point question by naming all of the Batman 66 villains that only ever appeared in a one-off episode. I mean, nobody does that. Besides my Zapsin. Can we just say that he's invalidated because he's covered that topic already? Yeah, I covered that topic. Where that's done. Okay, Todd, good save right there, buddy. I'm going to go with Bob Corbeil's selection of Star Wars. Star Wars. And I'm going to further drill down to make it more specific and easier for the question asker. We're going to define that as Star Wars and New Hope, the original movie. Todd, you're up. Uh, I don't know if this came before you announced uh, the opportunities here, but I'm going to go, uh, uh, if possible, could I go with Gio Setti saying CP3O Chewbacca? <laughs> I don't know if that counts. <laughs> All right. Uh, if if not, then uh, I think I may, I'm, I'm looking for who it was. I think this is also a Bob Corbeil selection. It's got, it's on the screen right there. It's uh it's disturbingly broad. I'm going to go with cartoons. Oh, my God. Uh, cartoons. You're, you're, you're killing yourself there, buddy. All right, Mike. All right. You're, I, you're in the lead, buddy. And yeah, therefore, I, you're the fifth pick. I, I don't want anatomy and physiology. That's for damn sure. Uh, I don't want to take replying to Gary because God knows what that could be. Could <laughs> be. It's very, very wide open. Uh, I'm going to go. We're, we're going to go with Stuart, Stuart Greenberg and – like Todd, it's it's wide open. Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. Yeah. Twilight Zone, who, by the way, though we didn't mention it, got five votes tonight for best movie adapted from a TV show. Uh, yeah, that's five more than I would have expected. All right, so just to recap, for next week's episode, folks, Combat Trivia is back. Ming's going to be answering questions based on Empire Strikes Back. Mo is going to be answering questions on U.S. President. John will be answering questions based on Star Wars, A New Hope. Todd will be answering questions based on cartoons. And Mike will be answering questions based on The Twilight Zone. Nice. Guys, we want to thank you. Those are some absolutely amazing topics. And uh, you guys have really, really responded well to this new twist that we put on Combat Trivia. So I said we're going to forego point blank. I'm sorry, uh, uh, parting shots in our effort to get out. Instead... What we'll do is we will give you a parting shot, but no more than 10 seconds. 10 seconds each. Mo, you're up first. Anything you want to get off your chest, parting shot, anything you want to say, go for it, buddy. Antonio Brown just signed with a new agent. He's heading back to the NFL. See ya. <laughs> nice. Todd. It's got to be the Jets, right? Um no, I, I, I've got nothing to say other than I love seeing you guys, and I love seeing everyone in the comments. So thank you guys for – for jumping in, uh, everyone on the list there, you guys are fantastic. It's a hell of a lot of fun. It's it's making me keeping my sanity in the course of this craziness. Awesome, Mike. Uh, happy belated birthday to Mo and John. Um, mm. Well done, boys. No, well done. Older or Thank younger you. than fifty three? <laughs> Older. <laughs> well done, not dying, boys. Uh, I love you guys too. All our fans love you guys, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you, Mike.
Uh, come have as much fun as we did. A sharedunivers.com, book a remote podcast. Book me and Mike to be on your podcast if you have one already. And also, gentlemen, even in this age of quarantining and self-isolation and, and social distancing, I have somehow booked myself into a Comic-Con. Uh, there is a con going on this weekend, Friday and Saturday. It is called Home Con. It Sweet. is a remote virtual convention. Uh, they have just partnered up with with Twitch. Go no to way. homeconofficial.com. Wow. I'll be moderating panels. Uh, I believe I will be available for one-on-one uh, interviews as well, and uh, we'll be we'll be hanging out there until we can get back to the re- real convention world. But yeah, I'll leave it up to me to find a way to go to a con, even when we can't go to a con. Homeconofficial.com. Ming's going to have one of the guys at Rikers going, I got some one-on-one time with you, boy. Hey, man. (laughs) That is absolutely amazing. Listen, here's my parting shot. Uh, Today, a beer drop. Uh, It's the first of several days. It's going to be dropping all over the country. The name of the beer is All Together. The brewery it comes from is over 75 different breweries. So if you live local like us here, you can go pick it up at Carton Brewery. But if you live in New York, if you live in Brooklyn specifically, you can pick it up at the originator of this project, which is Other Half. Yes, Other Half Brewing in Brooklyn came up with this idea. Let's put the same recipe out to every brewery that wants to participate. And the proceeds from this beer are going to go to all of the uh, bar, restaurant, uh, uh, brewery service workers that unfortunately have found themselves furloughed or even worse laid off during this coronavirus quarantine uh, uh, time. So, um, so I'm picking up my four pack over at Carton Brewing in the Atlantic Highlands tomorrow. Ross Brewing was not able to participate in this largely due to uh, the situation regarding our contract contract brewer Cypress Brewing up in Edison. We would have needed them to also be able to sign on to the project, and logistically, they couldn't make it happen. But uh, but that said, even though we're not part of the project, we're still going to support the project. And I would ask everyone, just do a quick search. You can Google it. Uh, uh, it's open source. The recipe's out there. Breweries all across the country are doing this, and all the proceeds are going to help these out-of-work uh, uh, service employees. So anyway, that's called All Together. I want to thank all of the Point Blank fans, friends, viewers, and listeners for tuning in and contributing so mightily to this program as you do every week. Uh, I want to thank Ming and Mike for once again playing the consummate hosts, uh, doing it remotely. It's the next best thing to being there. I want to thank Mo and Todd for dialing in from other parts of the country and, uh, and putting aside, whether it's work, family, whatever, to make this happen. And, uh, and I want to thank the lovely Suzanne for putting up wow. with, this, with this hobby, hobby that has taken on a life of its own. Everyone, thank you so much. Take care. And Bruce, take us out of here. Good night, guys. <laughs>